everybody doing out there in heavy metal podcast land this is ben from the endless metal podcast i wanted to introduce this um massive three and a half hour episode um a little bit first thing i wanted to say is it could have easily gone on for another three hours it flew by it was a really great time we had uh jeff and i welcomed marcusan nasso from the Metalheads podcast, podcast that we really love and have listened to for a very long time. And uh, I think we appropriately titled uh, this episode The Gift of Metal. Um, and I think that's really why we're doing a podcast like this because, you know, middle age, don't have that many friends who are into metal. If they are into metal, you know, it might be Maiden <laughs> at the most. Uh, they're certainly not into the kinds of extreme um, heavy music that we're into. So it's a, it's a gift when we can get together and just share our love for the this music we love. And uh, Marcusan is just so so passionate um, and just such a um, I mean talk about a serious listener. As, we'll, as you will see, um, Marcuson listens to more metal than, than maybe anybody I've ever met. Um, actually, definitely more than anybody I ever met. And uh, it's just fun to have him, you know. I think for me and maybe Jeff, but me more, it's, there's so much great metal. It seems overwhelming, you know, like the quantity, quality. And as an album guy, it's really hard, you know, to be able to focus and... Uh, and, and, you know, listen to it all. <laughs> it's just not enough time. But that's okay, because we have someone like Marcus on, <laughs> who has his um, own comic book. We talk about that, uh, By the Horns, and Voracious, um, terrific, award-winning comic books. Um, and uh, he shares with us, in some depth, his... Uh, detailed excel sheets of all the metal albums he's listened to i think he's at least sampled 750 metal albums uh in two in 2023 so that's only we're only about the halfway mark here and uh 750 and i think he's they're gonna have their mid-year so all the metalheads are will have the four i don't know how many they share on their mid-year i forget but marcuson has 40 at least already in his top um and on the today's show it's fun because we got marcus on to come on and share with us three really recent records that are ones that he hugely loves and listens to um 2021 2022 and then this year and uh one of those records was his album of the year um for metalheads podcast um so we feature some full-length tracks. The sound quality is not that great, but as Jeff said, for our purposes, it's to stimulate discussion. Um, it was great for us. <laughs> I mean, it didn't sound as good as it could be over the Zoom, you know, in person, going to shows. Obviously, much better, but I, I'll take this. This is this is awesome, I mean, to be able to share and, and just 
gush and the music we love together. Doesn't get much better cracking open a, a good beer as Marcus on is a connoisseur. <laughs> Jeff too. Um, me, not as much. I've had to cut down. Uh, but I do enjoy a good beer once in a while. Um, Marcus on shares with us his origin story, how he got into heavy music, which I think is really great. And, and yeah, somewhat unique too, um, for sure, which is cool. And and then also updates were all three of us. Marcus on is in um, Chicago. Jeff and I here in the Philly area. Jeff lives in Philly. Um, but we're all seeing this week, this first week in June, we're all seeing Yob, um, one of my favorite bands, as folks know from previous episodes of the Endless Metal Podcast. Um, this will be, I think, my sixth or seventh time seeing Yob. And for these guys, it's their first time seeing them live. Um, I would be, well, we'll just have to see what happens um, with their experience. But most people I know who've seen Yob share the love. <laughs> it's a uh, borderline religious, holy experience seeing Mike Scheidt and uh, Yob um, play there. Just hypnotic and so heavy heavy sludgy doom but with moments of, of pure beauty um all right so without any uh, further ado um we pre i present you jeff is not here so i'm presenting on behalf of jeff and i the gift of metal with the metalheads podcast zone marcuson nasso catch up on these albums because phenomenal but we're going to subject you to having to listen to them again um it's cool i mean that's why i picked them because i listen to them <laughs> over and over you know it must be man like because you listen to so much metal and that like the, these three rise from that massive ocean of metal you can vinyl and everything else you consume yeah they must be really really fucking good yeah i mean i everybody's got different tastes of course but uh of course, yeah. You know, I do listen to a lot of metal. I probably, I'm probably one of the guys that listens to the most metal, just because I'm home all the time. Yeah. Like I work for myself, right? So, and I listen to music almost all day. Uh, so, um, I think I just get in more stuff than the other metal heads or, you know, uh, general listeners. Right. Um, but sometimes it's background. Um, a lot of times I listen to those albums over and over because, for example, we have our mid year. <laughs> top 25 coming up uh, wow. this month. So um, I'm, I do a list as I go. Um, but you know, when it gets down to crunch time, I gotta, I gotta listen to all those albums again and make sure for position and all that. So I tend to, you know, when this time rolls around, I tend to the, the newer stuff. Right. Yeah, you know, and your point, though, about like taste and, you know, sort of gatekeeping and all that stuff that just BS about, you know, metal and whatever people. Um, but the thing about you that was that as you're talking and what I love, the, the other guys are phenomenal on the on the Metalheads podcast. I love the Metalheads podcast, but like you take it so seriously, man. And it's like part and, and like <laughs> like you 
You really do, do like, but not. But you don't. You don't sound like you're lecturing or somebody or anything like that. But like you're real. You've got your list. You've got the. You know, it's really on point. It's, you know. But the the reason I bring that up though, Marcus, on is, I think it. Well, number one, it's unusual. But number two, it's like part of Jeff and I's mission. If there's a mission of this podcast, it's like, we 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 love metal and heavy music so much. But I think this has changed. But it just, I've listened to a bunch of other podcasts and I'm not going to mention anything because again, I'm not going to, I don't want to gatekeep, but it seemed as <laughs> though like people still don't really take heavy music very seriously. And it's like, I think about my life, if I didn't have heavy music, I mean, <laughs> probably, you know, probably be in the nut house. I mean, it's like, it's such an important part of life and it's such and yeah, i was saying yeah. to jeff um you know it's it's a, a lot of it the kind of music we listen to this long form stuff it's it's like listen, it's classical music you know it's like it's so important it's not just like I don't, that's not the right word it's not just like this is my favorite band i want to and i want to go see them in concert because i like the song it's i want to experience this record you know because it's an experience right, that's like multi-sensory and, and 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 everything else but right right yeah um I was just trying to look at, oh yeah that's her name so i was just trying to remember because you you said something about how people don't take uh heavy metal seriously and there was an actress her name is margot robbie mm, yeah uh she played harley quinn she's been in a lot of good movies yeah um so she was on a talk show and was talking about her love for for heavy music and it was more of um i i guess i would say more of a mainstream kind of heavy metal music but um kate blanchett was on there too and she was looking at her like really you like that stuff like uh as if it wasn't good as if it it, it doesn't qualify as uh, you know great music and it's right. just because i don't think they they realize it and i don't know where that stigma really started or where yeah. it came from, but it endures. It's certainly, endures. I got to watch that. Because I, I love Tar, and uh, the, but the Tar character of Kate Blanchett was like, <laughs> you know, she, it was a great movie, but I mean, talk about a, a hard ass about what was good music or, you know, but uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, go I just, I can't wait to talk to you about that someday because hey, Jeff Freeze. Like, yeah. Can you hear me now? I can hear you guys. Yep. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, Ben, Ben, you and I like hardly ever disagree on anything. I hated that movie. <laughs> good, 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 good. good. <laughs> so, I haven't seen it yet. I have, I have more. a bookmark on one of the apps. <laughs> and I love oh, Kate Blanchett, but when she yeah. had that reaction, she, she did receive a lot of negative press I, for that because uh, I think you're onto something. I think you're on something though, so. man, about why I take it so seriously, because that was sort of part of my experience growing up was I'm playing Slayer or whatever. And it was, what are you listening to? <laughs> but but that was not a, a genuine question. It was turn that noise off, you know. <laughs> well, who was that coming from? Your friends or your parents? I mean, like pretty much anybody I knew that didn't like metal. <laughs> so my parents, <laughs> like you know, so yeah, it's, it's yeah, a, friends, so friends who were like much more in a classic rock. Definitely, like I had friends who were so passionate about like Almond Brothers. I like that stuff. 
but if I put on Slayer, they're like, what the hell are you listening? Like, you know? So there's a hostility <laughs> to the response, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. if you're if you're like if, if someone's like talking <laughs> to you about the Almond Brothers, you're not like like or you know, if it's a band that you don't like for whatever example, you're not like, What the hell you like that band? I hate you now. <laughs> like <laughs> But yeah. there's some there's some I think response. a lot of it has to do I think a lot of it has to do with the harsh vocals yeah. for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. even Slayer, like, and that's that's not the most extreme example, right? Because right. you can understand uh, what Tom Araya is saying. But um, in a lot of the extreme music, if it's growled vocals and people don't get that immediately, they especially if they have never heard it before, that's and they just immediately think that it's that it's garbage or that it's not real singing or it's not real musicianship. They don't give the music a shot. They don't really sit down and listen to what's actually happening. Um, and the other thing of it is, is a lot of people, they don't really understand music and how it works and the intricacies of it and, and what constitutes amazing playing. Right. And in metal, as we know, <laughs> the players are the, are top notch, yeah. you know, and uh, jazz metal i mean you know classical that's it you know um the, yeah there can be good pop songs or whatever but the musicianship is generally not as high as on a metal song yeah totally yeah agreed all right so um maybe i i have an introduction maybe i'll just i'm going to say it off the cuff because it could go on forever because i mean the first thing to say about marcus on it, you know, is the, the Metalheads podcast, you know, that was uh, my first one, uh, introduction. Um, but to, to, I was telling Jeff how inspiring, like your story, what your story was, because I remembered, like, you worked in the corporate world, I think, like, I don't know what you were doing, copy editing or something. And, you know, you busted your ass. And but, you know, it's just, you called up your wife, and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm done, <laughs> and you like quit your job. And uh, I don't I remember how you met. I remember because I've read um, by the horns and some and some and some of the the comic books. But I don't know how you met Jason. I think Jason's the illustrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason Muir is the illustrator on my uh, my comic by the horns. By the horns, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I was uh, the managing editor. I was the editor in chief. Um, and, um, you know, I had risen in the ranks. I, I started off being a copy editor or just a writer. Right. Um, yeah. And I was in, um, I worked in an office and, uh, I liked it for the, in the beginning because I am a problem solver and they basically brought me in. Uh, it was a, the American library association where I worked oh. and they brought me in to revamp everything, to, to change it and make it more interesting and more up to date, more modern. And I did that and that, and that was fun and it, and it works. But once that was done, it was just meetings and, um, boss always breathing down my neck for not like arriving on time. We're talking minutes and I live in Chicago and I have to take a train and they're often delayed right. and I still worked long hours and everything. And it was, it was just a time suck. It was horrible. And, um, so yeah, I just decided one day that I, uh, I need to stop doing that. And, um, I quit, but I actually freelanced for the American library association for another year. 
And I did the same job in a, a third of the time. And that's when I knew that I made the right decision because I was able to do all of the writing that I really wanted to do. I could be more creative and I didn't have to go to meetings and I made more money actually freelancing than I did working in that job. And uh, that's when I realized that people just can really drain you. These uh, companies can just really drain you. They don't understand how to make things more efficient. They don't understand how to make things more pleasurable for people. Um, and I don't know, just uh, one of the best decisions ever. And I owe it to Tracy because you, I told her that and she said, you gotta, right. gotta do it because you know, you're not happy and you can do something much greater. And hopefully I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so starts a comic, uh, comic book. Um, so the one with the, the dinosaur meat, that what was the what was that one called? Uh, voracious is the first one. That's a voracious, right? It's about yeah. the chef who uses like he travels dino. through time, Not kills dinosaurs, <laughs> serves them at a restaurant in the present. Yeah. That is so metal. It's like the most metal thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, we actually it, had uh, Tom Ballader from All Father gave us a recipe for it because we had recipes in the back of the book, right? And so right. they started off with my recipes and friends' recipes, and then we got real chefs, and then I. Uh, I got friendly with Tom Ballard and he actually contributed a recipe because he really loves to cook. That's awesome. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, so that was the first story. It was three volumes and uh, now I'm doing by the horns, like I mentioned before. And that's uh, it's basically kill bill meets the last unicorn. And it's a, it's a sci-fi sci-fi fantasy action series about a hunter named Elodie. And uh, she wants to kill all the unicorns in the world because her husband was trampled by them. So uh, the problem is that it's impossible to find unicorns. So Elodie just starts murdering anything out there with a horn and frustration. She basically wanders the earth and lets monsters come to her and then she kills them because they attack her. Wow. Um, but then unfortunately, all, the, all that monster hunting, it, it uh, gets her kicked out of her village which is called Wayfair, wow. which by the way, I'm wearing a Wayfair shirt. Nice. <laughs> so all the places in the, and by the horns are named after metal bands in the first amazing. volume. And then the second <laughs> volume, um, I did anagrams of, uh, of metal bands. So basically scrambled words of uh, metal, metal names for, for another continent. But anyway, so she can't find these unicorns. She gets exiled. And he has, sets out with her telepathic half wolf, half deer companion named Sajin. And they try to make one last go of tracking down unicorns, but they end up finding out that there's a, a greater threat out there than unicorns. There are these four ancient wind wizards who have been abducting all the creatures, the magical creatures on the continent for, to extract their magic for nefarious reasons. So Elodie ends up having to team up with two unicorns who don't know that she wants to murder them and she can rip off their horns and merge them together to form magical weapons, bladed weapons. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that book, uh, we just issue nine of the second series is coming out, I believe on Wednesday. Um, it's June 4th right now. Um, so that'll be the 17th issue in the series. Wow. And it's won like a whole bunch of awards. Like it's been very, it's been, I mean, within the indie comic book world, it's been pretty successful, right? 
Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we've won a ton of awards ever since it started coming out, and this year, uh, even more than than last year. So, wow. uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, the readers and all the writers who um, just adore the book. You know, because we do it for ourselves. Yeah. And but when you can have a connection uh, with the readers, that makes it even better. You know, and um, of course, I couldn't do it without Jason. Jason Muir is the artist and uh, my co-creator on it. We um talk about everything and work on the series together and then um uh, we also have a colorist steve cannon uh, andre tabakaru was our first colorist on the first series but now uh, steve's stepped in uh, to those big shoes and uh, he's killing it on colors so uh published by scout comics very Get cool it, buy it <laughs> <laughs> are you still doing kickstarters uh, we did a Kickstarter for the hardcover um, just because, well, we wanted a hardcover, but also we just, um, with indie comic books, you, you have to do everything up front. You have to create everything, pay for everything. And just the colors alone, it's, you know, it's like $60 right. a page to get it colored. So we want to do a Kickstarter to try to make some money to help yeah. fund the book. And exactly. um, so we did that. We decided we were going to do an oversized hardcover and, um, so the Kickstarter was like a month and a half ago, something like that. Um, yeah, we did really well, um, made well past our goal. Uh, and it was, and we, we funded in 23 hours, I think. Wow. And um, yeah, awesome. it was just awesome. It was just really great. Um, Alex CF from uh, uh, Fall of Ephrapha, uh, which is like one of my favorite kind of um, how do I describe them? They're metal. They're kind of like post-metal, but with a little punk, maybe a little, little hardcore tossed in there. Very atmospheric. And um, Fall of Ephrapha was, uh, it was all about Watership Down. So oh, if wow. you remember that movie from the 80s, the freaking oh, yeah. bunnies and stuff. Yeah. yeah so it's all about that legend from the books. I have the book on my shelf behind Nice. Me. So you should check out Fall of Ephrapha. I love one of my favorite bands. Okay. So Alex CF is the vocalist for it, and he um, he's also an artist. And so I got him to do a wraparound variant cover for that hardcover, um, which is like, I, I wouldn't say it's like a dream or a bucket list thing, but holy <laughs> shit, like, and I own the original art. <laughs> so, you know, doesn't get much yeah. better than that when you can put out something and then you get one of your favorite performers of all time yeah. to illustrate awesome. something for you. That is amazing. So yeah, we're super successful Kickstarter. We're just really grateful to everybody who uh, who backed it. The other thing I, we have to mention is, I mean, this is the most metal thing at all of all. Like, he did a crossover for his comic book and like founded your own record label, right, or a company, right, to put out a metal album that went with the comic. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we pressed some vinyl. Um, we did a, a soundtrack. It's just two songs for the first issue uh, by Arctic Sleep. Arctic um, Sleep band, and uh, love that band. And I love Keith D. And um, so he actually wrote two original songs for By the Horns. It started off um, basically because I was on the Metalheads podcast, and uh, he got to reading Voracious and really liked that, and we struck up a friendship. And uh, so when I was doing By the Horns, I like to, if I'm going to launch a comic book, I never know if it's going to be my last comic or not. So I like to try to do something really big, something um, that makes a splash with the debut. And so I've always wanted to do 
a record, some kind of a soundtrack for my comics, because obviously I love music so much. So the first person I thought of, I thought would be perfect for it was Keith, Keith D in Arctic Sleep. And so he was all about it. And then I gave him the song titles. He wanted me to name them because that's how he starts the process. And then he wrote around that and we talked about um, the story and the characters. And so the first song, uh, Blade Through Your Heart, is uh, from Elodie, the lead character's perspective. And then the second song um, is from the unicorn's perspective. And uh, so, yeah, it was great. So he did that and I was like, you know what? I gotta, I'm going to go bigger. I want to put this on vinyl. So I decided to do seven inches and I did, I did, three different colors for it and uh and i was like well if i'm gonna put out vinyl <laughs> i gotta have a i gotta have a record label so i created skull fracture records the name of my llc is skull fracture and so skull fracture records was born and it, it's a it's a label dedicated to releasing music inspired by stories and myth and so uh it's just my stuff so far. I, you know, I'd love to do more. I don't have time <laughs> to, yeah. all, to keep running a record label. I'm doing more things, but cause it's a lot of hard work. Cause I did press releases. We got an NPR. I mean, wow. for the stuff. So um, that was a lot of work, but it was worth it. Cause I wanted to make a big splash with by the horns and let people know about it. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was really rewarding to work with Keith D on that soundtrack. And then since then, uh, with a record label, I've also worked with uh, Trevor Ports of, uh, of Ash and Horde, and they just put out a record this year. Um, he recorded an original instrumental song called Black Curse, and that ins was inspired by my prose story, my first ever published prose story to Megatherion, uh, which was uh, published in uh, Outland Entertainment's Apex World of Dinosaurs anthology like a year ago. And it's about this anthropomorphic dinosaur barbarian king in his final days. So picture Conan as a dinosaur, and that's what it is. Pretty <laughs> metal. Awesome. Extremely yeah. metal. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And my buddy Jonathan LaMancha is this great horror artist. He's done um, illustrations for uh, Megadeth. Uh, Megadeth put out um, like a hardcover book with illustrations of their songs. And wow. he's done covers for heavy metal and metal herlant and um just a great illustrator he actually created the the cover for the cassette which is uh um of the lead character uh dinosaur with his black curse sword and it's pretty badass yeah so yeah so but yeah um and then that collaborations actually it's spilled over to other projects because trevor asked me to write lyrics for his this new thrash band that he's doing and so he had already done all the music and so i wrote lyrics for three songs so now wow. he has a vocalist, so he's uh, he's recording them. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to come out because <laughs> wow. I never written. Well, I know I, I know Trevor will well it will be the recordings will be preserved of your songs <laughs> yeah. even if they don't use them. Oh no, so. he's going to use it. He's going <laughs> to use. I mean, the songs are already done, and I did the lyrics. That's so that's amazing. So you're a lyricist now. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I did the I did the lyrics for it, and uh, yeah, he did the music and sent it to me. And then I listened to it and then I was like, okay, I'll write lyrics for these songs. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, he's going to use it. He's got the vocalist and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious to see how it's going to go. Cause I, I used to play a little bit when I was in high school and like pre high school uh, with my friends and, and sing and, and, and write lyrics. 
Um, but you know, we were <laughs> babies. We were like amateurs <laughs> for that. But, but yeah, yeah, man, like, uh, being on the metalheads podcast just really opened up the door to, to all kinds of collaborations with these super talented musicians. Um, so it's yeah. great to, to see them do music, but really the best part is forging the friendships with them, you know, mm. is making comics and, and making music. It's the processes are very similar in a lot of ways, mm. you know, from working with other people to, to create something, to promoting your work, to, to traveling different places and showing off what you've made to right. negotiating deals with companies to help distribute your work to a wider audience. It's just like the parallels are very striking. Yeah. So I feel like I have a really good rapport with metal musicians because I'm on the Metalheads podcast, obviously to do that. But the fact that I work in comics and I, and I do very similar things, mm-hmm. it, um, it's just, it's helped with friendships. I think it just helped with conversation. Um, mm. And I'm lucky enough to get to hang out with uh, these musicians and, and just discover the unique, the interesting challenges in music that I wasn't familiar with, even though, like I said, it parallels a lot. Um, and hopefully you know, all my metal friends feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. One, what I want to back up and talk to you a little bit about like metalheads podcasts and, and mm. how you, how you got involved with that. Um, right. But one thing I wanted to say that I thought was cool. I was listening to the one with Oak Pantheon, which I think is the most recent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was cool. Like um, uh, one of the members, he, does he work with your wife? Does he like, he does yeah 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 tanner he well he's he works at the company so my wife is a structural engineer uh works at a wje and so they have different branch offices and tanner is in the minneapolis office okay so uh, my wife tracy works on different projects sometimes and and that means going to other places and so she met tanner and he worked on some stuff with her and then i met him and uh yeah i really liked um so like i think it was something on the podcast i really like where because jeff and i talk a lot about like metal connections and how we like we'll see different people meet different people mm-hmm. and um something like your wife said that you're you're a metal head i think she might have met well i don't i don't remember you know i don't remember how it happened i don't know okay. if um she knew that before I met him. She may have. I can't remember. I'll have to ask her after this, actually. But yeah. I think the reason we started talking is because I pretty much always wear metal shirts. So I'm sure he right. saw that. And then we started talking about it. And then he's he casually mentioned he's in Oak Pantheon. I was like, I know yeah. your band. You knew the band, too. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. and I love yeah. that band. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's how it happened. And uh, so I've always wanted to get him on the, the podcast. Uh, I've never talked to Sammy, who is his longtime friend and collaborator in Oak Pantheon. They, they write the songs together, um, but he was a joy. It was really fun to have them on because they've known each other so long. So they had that rapport. Holy, they yeah. were ripping on each other. You know, it's very much the spirit of the podcast and they just fit right yeah. in. And I know all the boys on the Metalheads really enjoyed having them on too. So I feel like whenever I get guests, the podcast goes up a notch. <laughs> so if you're yeah. listening, George, let me book everybody. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, how did you get? How did you get involved with metal? The Metalheads podcast. Like, how did you? 
meet these guys and yeah yeah it uh i can't believe it now but it was in 2018 it's crazy to me that it's been that long uh five-year anniversary is coming up so um, i was a guest on the show in 2018 so the boys had put out a call for listeners to come on and just talk about metal with them because the fun part of being into metal i think is just meeting new people who yeah. liked a headbang, right? Like, yeah. I get to meet Jeff today. You know, I, I, yes. I met you, Ben, you know what I mean? Yes. So that's what's cool about that. And at the time, I just didn't have anyone really to talk metal with. Mm-hmm. I lived in Chicago for 20 years at that time. And I mostly went to metal shows by myself. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm cool with doing stuff by myself, yeah. and going to shows alone. Um, and I would see bands perform two or three times a month. Um, but sometimes I just wished I could share that experience. Mm-hmm. And um, so the only real connection I had to a community other than going to shows was listening to the Metalheads podcast. And uh, I was really excited to go on there and hang with the boys. And I guess they liked me because they invited me to come back <laughs> after that episode. They interviewed me about Voracious. I wasn't even writing by the horns at the time. Um, they interviewed me about Voracious and, you know, we did all the segments and everything. And uh, I came very prepared for that one, knowing uh, what they were going to do. And uh, so they invited me back and I ended up doing the 2018 top 25 metal albums episode, which was really a joy for me because I actually have been doing a top 40 list for years since, since college. Oh, so I'd already been doing it. And, uh, but to talk with them and then also hear what they would pick. I mean, that's what I like about the show because even though I've been deep into metal for a long time, they would still bring stuff to me that I didn't know. Uh, and now I'm just, I'm in a metal hole. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, so yes. Yeah, so, so then once they invited me back on that show, then they decided that they wanted me to be the fill-in guy yeah. uh, because Will, and it's even the case now, Will, he works for the, the government. Well, a lot of them actually work for the government. And um, so his hours are really odd. And um, so he couldn't always be on shows. Mm -hmm. And so they asked me if if I would be a fill-in guy in case somebody couldn't be on the podcast. But that didn't last very long. I think I maybe did two episodes and they was like, okay, we got to have you on every episode. (laughs) And then I became, you know, the sixth metalhead. And, uh, you know, now those guys are my brothers. I really can't imagine not having the metalheads in my life. Cause we talk every day on instant messenger and, you know, we do the cast and um, we meet for metal shows. And it's like, uh, it's like Henry Rollins joining black flag. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think what of it like as Dio joining black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so, <laughs> right. Which, and you know, live evil just came out. So it's so good. They did the remastered, remixed version. Oh, yeah, oh, so oh I got to hear that. So good. I, I should be getting the vinyl any day now. But wow. so anyway, so shout out to George, uh, Jay, Will, John, and Matt. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. and uh, let me say this. I'll say one more thing for people yes. who don't know about the show. Yes. Every month we do it. And uh, the boys and I, we talk about news, new releases, uh, what we're listening to. We interview metal musicians, and we also do 
well, Metal Thunderdome, which pits two albums against each other. Um, yeah. um, the cast is usually four or five hours long. So our interviews are in depth and the musicians who come to do an interview almost always stay for the entire five yeah. hours to, to participate in all facets of the podcast. So if you dig casts where friends sit around, drink right. beers and discuss heavy music and life, you might like our podcast. <laughs> and even if you don't, there's people who don't even like metal who tell me they listen to the cast just because oh, they like our That's camaraderie. like the ultimate. That's amazing. That is the right? ultimate. The most yeah, best compliment the best you can compliment. get. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. mentioned the beer because it just triggered a memory. Wasn't there an episode where like, like I don't think you passed out, but like you kind of like disappeared or something? You, did something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's funny it was a very, yeah, the, it was a very uh, un Marcuson moment, at least from my perspective. <laughs> it was uh yeah because i can tr i can drink all those guys under the table yeah right but yeah you're, it you're was being, uh, you're being facetious yeah. right <laughs> oh, you, oh really no, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. i didn't i did not realize no, I picked, oh, I picked no. maybe george oh, yeah. to, you know oh, george no, the okay <laughs> um yeah it was like a mid-year um it's funny because actually um i was in decibel magazine as the ah. reader of the month and they asked me about this um so it was like a mid-year episode they would do it was the top 25 for mid-year and i just i just went all out for it because i had just beers everywhere so i was drinking really <laughs> heavy beers and uh i just like i drink right now this beer let's see excuse me for a second while i uh check the abv oh yeah 14 percent. that's pretty normal for me that's uh so yeah, that's what I usually drink. I'm, that's serious. That's like nap time for me. One of those. Don't they yeah. usually just like I drink those tap out around there? Like after that, it's just like <laughs> you know, can't, not really yeah. sure. So I drink like six of those. I drink mead, right. which is even stronger. Um. So yeah. So I had I had way too much, and there was a point where um. I just kind of like spilled something and I saw a rainbow and I wanted to chase it because I was in Hawaii at the time. And uh, I was having to take a nap. And so I just okay. left for like <laughs> 20 minutes. Everybody thought I was done, completely done. But then the greatest comeback in the history of metal podcasting, maybe in the history of all podcasting occurred. <laughs> And I returned and I was even more lucid than I was in the beginning of the podcast and just I barely missed anything and just picked up where I left off even better than before because <laughs> I just got a little rest. And I do that sometimes. I've been known to do that where I'm at a party. This, this is maybe back in the day. Now I'm really much better at managing how much I, I drink. And um, so I don't, I don't, doesn't happen that often where I get that sleepy or. I have to retire or, and I never get hangers ever. Um, but, um, you know, I would do that sometimes I would go to parties and I would just be like, uh, I drank too much. I gotta go take a, take a rest, take a nap in the middle of the party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it worked on the metalheads. I, I was just happy that I, I was able to come back and finish it. Cause I just really love doing those, uh, those, uh, top 25s yeah. and, uh, on that one, it was, um, James Lewis from from Decibel was on that. He's been on a couple oh. of our podcasts for top cool. 25s and he works for Decibel and um, great guy. 
And uh, so, yeah, so I was the reader of the month. I don't, the new issue just came out. So it was the one before that that I was in and talked a little bit about that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So that's, that's actually one of the uh, really cool features. I mean, a lot of podcasts, it's it's a template, right. For a lot of music podcasts to have best ofs, you know, like I think, Pete Pardo and of Sea of Tranquility, which I actually really enjoy. Um, uh, sort of is the maybe the I don't know one of the most popular, um, but it's a it's a fairly standard thing. But the thing about that I really like about the Metalhead podcast when you guys do this, there's definitely overlap. You're you're all you're broad and you're the different genre tastes, but at the same time, each of you kind of have a particular kinds of music you like you know kinds of metal whatever that means that you like and so for me like i was telling jeff like you know i have a very close friend jono will never be on the podcast unfortunately but as someone who's he's he's very um (laughs) shy about it i don't know he's just not somehow we got to get him on here because he i have the relationship with him that i have with jeff like He's texting me links every day from Bandcamp. You got to hear this band. You got to hear that band. You know, he's very, very, very into metal. And so, like, um, we really, and and I think Jeff and I as well, really just were like, there. this is the golden age of freaking metal. There are so many. I can't even keep up with how many amazing bands there are. It's like every other right. week there's another amazing record. It's like insane. Yeah, so no, I, me- no I remember how hard yeah. you try, you're still you're drinking from a hose no matter what. Like, you know, you just it's it's almost impossible to <laughs> an album today. I was like, oh wait, I'm gonna be on the cast, so I can just tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you my I gotta give you my cell number because I need more recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Band uh or uh, yeah, really striking funeral doom. Oh yeah, from a couple of guys who've been in some other bands that are are known. Awesome, uh, but it's fucking awesome. It's on Transylvania oh, recordings, yeah. and um, it just came out, and I didn't know anything about it, and it's freaking great. Mm-hmm. It might be, well, Funerals is the best Doom record I've heard this year, but Oramet's right up there. It's but really I was, good, and I've only listened right. to it like three but times. But I was, so. I remember Marcus because. I was listening to like, a, I don't know, I don't think it, it, it was you're giving your top records. And I was really in, I had bought um, the CD, it's around here somewhere, of a band called Cranial. And it was, it was um, yeah. alter, Alternate Endings, I believe is the name of the record. And I, yep, that right, record yep. is, I mean, I was just blown away. It's like, there's, there's a lot of great bands like that. I still like that record, but when you mentioned that, I was like, okay, like I got to keep listening to this podcast because it's not to say <laughs> that like, actually I've learned a ton about a lot of different other bands from, you know, uh, Jay and I'll listen to Jay's band. If he's listening, Jay's an unbelievable musician. Like what a voice. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's like serious, like kick-ass metal. Um, and George is like, I think George and I bond on, well, I know we bond on like obscure '80s prog metal, like Warlord, and some of these bands that like go way back. But black metal—he's—he's got—he has a lot of good like black metal recommendations. But anyway, putting all that aside for now and focusing on you, um, 
what's exciting about this episode is we've got we've tasked you with like something you know i was actually really excited when you you not only responded with the, your three choices but you had recommendations of songs and then you also then narrowed it down to individual songs um but we've got you to pick the the your top three metal records since you've been a host on metalheads podcast is that what we decided yeah sort of <laughs> that's what i said you're like the top top three in recent years i was like okay oh, recent well, years. i was okay. on metal since 2018 i was actually gonna All do right. one for every year but um yeah that's really tough to say i think i picked three that really have been resonating with me um since they've come out um but there's so many more right like i i sent you guys six <laughs> even though that's we're true yeah. gonna talk about three yeah and i could have sent more <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's a that was a tough one uh to do but um yeah i kind of pick albums that i feel like i can i can talk a bit about and um that just i haven't stopped playing really yeah so maybe we should start with you um talking about your first choice and then we'll we've got to listen to listen to it um a bit and then we can we can come back but why don't you what happened you, to the it, metal updates section we were supposed to do oh yeah we didn't do metal updates <laughs> the hell? do i have to run this podcast <laughs> well that's why i'm like you know i'm, I'm not how, and then it was I'm supposed not, to be how i got into heavy music i don't yeah, yes yeah. i know i know i know i, I wanted to get rid of the music I want to get right to the music. I mean, we can jump into the end. No, no, no. We have no, a no. sandwich. But, oh, but we're going to listen to songs, man. We're going to be here for a while anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're right. We should do, we should do metal updates. Um, uh, what's, what's a metal update? Jeff, you start. Um, you know all my metal updates, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to go see Yab and Kaven on Friday. I'm yes. going to see them on Tuesday. Oh, All right. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I've never seen Yob. Oh. I, ha I haven't it's either. Insane. I haven't. Ben's seen him like five times, I think, or something like yeah. that, right, Ben? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to I I seen... overhype, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> you will not be the same, Marcus Lon, after seeing Yob. <laughs> it is I'm a, really it is holy experience yeah and, holy uh, even if it's not good i know caven <laughs> is gonna kill it because yeah, they're, they're amazing live yeah i, ha I haven't seen caven in probably 20 years Oof. well they've since, got a lot more material now yeah, yeah i haven't seen him since jupiter came out so oh wow they're really going back so i'm very very record. excited yeah me too um i've never seen caven but um, i, I but i loved i loved he uh, heavy pendulum was on one of my was mm -hmm. on my best of kind of my best ofs that i kind of put together yeah i love that too and i saw them when they were toured they came here and um so i'm really excited to see them again because they were pretty tight uh what when i band. saw them um, i don't know was it last year probably and uh this is this is i guess you know metal adjacent but you know i sent you a little text of this video last night i saw this yeah. great this great band called uh divine hand ensemble and they are a uh chamber orchestra with a, a theremin and they do lots of like funerary music and it was i saw them in laurel hill cemetery which is this beautiful old cemetery here in philadelphia and um you know they played out as the like the you know 
sun was going down and they did a, a cover they did black sabbath cover they did you know they do all these like great great covers and uh, i sent ben a video of them playing uh, paranoid oh nice which, which was pretty great and uh it's a lot of fun just sitting out in the cemetery eating cheese and crackers drinking a beer and listening to this band. it was the most it was the most <laughs> metal thing i've seen in a while the concert <laughs> in the in the cemetery it's like yeah. they need to have more of these concerts but like in, in cemeteries it's like doom bands just yeah yeah there was one and i was not here for it um this band called mono they're oh, a japanese yeah. post oh you know them. i, I, I just love seen mono i've, oh, I've seen love them mono. twice yeah they're so i've seen incredible. them three times i'll see them anytime they come but they played in a cemetery here in chicago oh, but wow. i was not here i was uh, uh traveling and so i missed it and uh i hope wow. they do it again because i heard it was was fantastic as well Wait. but they're always fantastic which yeah. cemetery was it? I was just in Chicago in December and I was at a really beautiful cemetery. I don't remember. Let's do a quick Google search mono cemetery. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's it was like, a couple of years ago, so it might even right. be more than that because, um, you know, I moved to Hawaii and I think it was before then. So, ah. yeah. But um, yeah, I would have loved to go to that. Let's see here. I think, Jeff, is this true? You Did you tell me, or am I making this up? That you fell asleep at a mono show? <laughs> um, s- n- sort of. I sort of fell asleep. Not fell asleep, but I was like lulled into... They have an incredible like dynamic range where they'll go from so quiet to so loud, you know? <laughs> and it was in one of the quiet parts, I was like lulled into like... I had my eyes closed and I was like... my body was very limp and then all of a sudden it was like a truck crashed into the venue <laughs> <laughs> and i jumped i must have jumped like six feet in there <laughs> like, um it was amazing yeah. yeah they're so they're so awesome so it was a bohemian national cemetery in 2019 okay. it's wow. a 20- year anniversary world tour and, and they did it with emma ruth rundle who i also mm. like quite I, a bit i so. saw them on that tour yeah i saw them yeah. on that tour mm-hmm. i'm i'm very jealous that they uh that they played in a cemetery though yeah i just yep, yep. saw them at a regular old venue so the bohemian national cemetery have they done have they continue to do shows there you know i haven't seen but it, uh, they haven't what? done metal that's probably they may have but it's not on my radar maybe they've not done metal shows but what, other shows marcus on what can we do to convince them to do metal shows because i'll come to chicago <laughs> i'll come to chicago, <laughs> to, chicago <laughs> to visit you and we can see you know we could go see um we could go see uh esoteric uh the great fu- funeral death doom band who's coming to the u.s for the first time in 10 mm-hmm. years play in a cemetery or something you know band like that or hooded, yeah, hooded, hooded menace we couldn't, you know. I was thinking you could not have Sun play in a cemetery because you'd start <laughs> you'd start having shattered headstones, man. It would be it would be too freaking loud for some corpses raising from rising yeah. from the grave. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you'd also have to have a, a smaller band, I would think. Yeah, because it's too. not going to be a huge venue. But yeah. I would, if you really wanted it, I would find the band that you really want to play there, and message them and tell them, oh. hey. They've done some of these shows at the cemetery. You should consider it. See if you can, can get in, because that would be a pretty awesome show. Yeah. That's how I'd go about doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. The, you could message the venue, but they don't know anything about the band. You have to get the band first, because they're passionate about playing. Right. And probably passionate about playing in a cemetery, because <laughs> who wouldn't be in a metal band? Yeah. And then that's how I think it would work. 
for your up for your updates, Marcus. On mm. I, I remember when I was talking to you from Hawaii, like you. I mean, when you lived in Chicago before you you all moved to Hawaii for what did you move there for? Two years or one year? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Um, but I think you told me like uh, you know you you went to a, a lot of live shows and there's just there's no live metal in Hawaii. Like right? there's a lot that's in Hawaii, but there's not live metal. So you're pretty starved. For like yeah. live metal so you must have i mean you since you've been back to chicago i can I, I i mean am i wrong to say you must have be going to a lot of shows yeah i mean i just went to a show but yeah in hawaii they have um every once in a while they do a metal show so i remember when i first got there revocation was playing was right before the pandemic or really? right when the pandemic was playing at this like pub but to get some metal bands to Hawaii is a monumental task because yeah. it's going to be a small venue. They're not going to have money to pay for the band. It's almost like the band has to vacation. Like, hey, we'd love to play too, and then they got to bring all their equipment, you know, yeah. like or they've got to borrow somebody's. Right. So yeah, um, but yeah, there's not a lot of metal shows. But I didn't miss it that much in Hawaii because I was in Hawaii during the pandemic. So there were no shows anywhere. Yeah, that's but, true. Which was great because I didn't. Yeah feel like i was missing out on something and then when we came uh, back it was just when shows were starting to come back so it was really the most perfect time to be in hawaii you're in wow. paradise it sounds like it, yeah. there's no tourists because they canceled that so you get to experience hawaii you know in its pure form as much yeah. as you can you know and um you know without having all these just dicks and tourists and being there because they're just they're awful and it gets really crowded and everything um so yeah it's probably never going to happen again and we just we kind of got lucky and you know all the things that we loved in chicago aside from food um we weren't missing out on because it wasn't happening right so um yeah i just saw but being back in chicago is great you know i see show i like i said i probably see three or four shows a month and um, I try to go to bands now because I've seen so many shows. I try to go to shows where I have at least one band where I haven't seen them play. Mm. Um, now, of course, there are bands that I, I must see no matter when they come. Yeah. Right. And so I just saw Cattle Decapitation oh, and yeah. Black Braid at the Metro on oh. the 30th. So, and I've never seen Black Braid. I don't think they've... Actually, I don't think they've ever toured till now because it was one guy, and now he's got he's got a band that tours with him. Wow, they were great. <laughs> they were great, and uh, yeah, I really like Black Braid. The last album, I I actually thought I said this on cast when we did top twenty five because I think it was Matt's number one. I feel like they were slightly overrated because um, it just seemed like to be the darlings of black metal all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I just thought they were slightly overrated. It was like an honorable mention for me. However, they've got two new tracks out right now. And they're phenomenal. It's uh, the name of the guy who does it is uh, uh, Skaga Sawa is his name. And he's managed to level up already, even though that first album came out last year. So it's just, it's more layered. Um, the songs are more epic. So I think has a much better chance of making my list based just on those two songs. But it comes out July 7th but they were great live i really enjoyed them live and cattle decapitation is always great live so um yeah i had a blast i had a blast going to that show even That's though awesome. i had this is nuts so we flew back from hawaii that day and uh, i went to the show <laughs> <laughs> wow. barely slept but i'm like i'm not 
I'm not fucking missing cattle decapitation. <laughs> so it was fine. I was really tired, but, uh, you know, I still enjoyed it. I got that second wind. Yeah. Awesome. It's not, it's not possible to fall asleep during a cattle decapitation show. No, no, <laughs> unless you have, no. Unless you have narcolepsy. I mean, there's no way. No. <laughs> and my friend, my friend Stacy was there. She's been on the Metalheads podcast. She lives in this area and she goes to more shows than anybody I know. She, she is wow. the, the metal goddess. Wow. And, um, so she was there and it was good because um, I think 200 stab wounds is the middle. I don't really care for that band that much. So I kind of took a break and just drank beer, uh, but also got to talk to Stacy a little bit and hang out and just That's enjoy awesome. cattle decapitation. I was there a little earlier to her yeah. than her. She missed most of black braid, but I got to see their whole set. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's great being back in Chicago. And uh, like I said, I got Yob coming up and yeah. um, I just got, uh, I just got tickets. I'm really excited about this. Danzig. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't tour that often. No. And he's doing a, a 35th anniversary set of the, of the debut album. Wow. And oh, so he's wow. doing a tour. And with him is going to be Midnight. Oh, yeah. Twin oh. Temple, which is a really cool band. Oh, and I Behemoth. And Behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love it. I was wearing I would my, go... my Twin Temple t-shirt yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited just to see all the bands. But really, I would just go with Danzig because I've never seen Danzig. I've never seen Danzig either. No, yeah. I haven't And either. to see him play the first album in its entirety, just, I mean, That's, the only way yeah. it could get better if it was How the Gods Kill. Yeah, and right. if they released that in vinyl, because holy shit, you can't get it. If you want to buy it, it's like $300 on Discogs. Really? <laughs> wow. The original one. <laughs> and last year was like the big anniversary. Nothing. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm stoked for that. And uh, I think Stacy's going to go with that, go to that show too. Nice. So I never had, I never really had somebody go to the show up. My buddy, the captain goes to some shows with me. He used to live in the suburbs and well, he was born on the South side of Chicago, but then moved to the suburbs. And now mm -hmm. he's back, which is awesome. Cause he's like 10 minutes for me. Yeah. And he'll go to some shows, but he, his job also necessitates that he's on the road a lot and stuff. So, but Stacy's at like every show. So it's pretty cool wow. to have, have a buddy to go and, you know, to enjoy the music with. Yeah. So shout out to you, Stacy. You're a skull, skull to you. <laughs> awesome. So Ben, what are your updates? Are, are we, uh, um, are we actually going to see a dream theater? I think we might see Dream Theater, yeah. That's, <laughs> with Devin Townsend. I actually love Devin Townsend. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Devin Townsend fan. So Dream Theater uh, live, I think, will be cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go to that. Um, what was the other the show? The last Dream Theater album was pretty decent. I have, Yeah, I, I, I need to give them a, a, more of a chance because I, I don't know. I just, of what I heard of the more recent stuff, I just kind of pass bypass them but I, I probably need to give them a second chance i mean there's I a couple like, albums i love but i'm sure yeah. they're gonna be great live i, I i'm oh, excited yeah. to see them live, live. Yeah. they're gonna yeah. kill it live you'll, you'll enjoy it much better in fact as soon as you see them live you're probably gonna want to spin those albums yeah, yeah. again and it's at, a, fresh it's at a really incredible venue it's this beautiful theater so it's gonna mm. be yeah. Awesome. yeah 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 it should be great um and then when it when is the maryland death fest it's usually in may so I think we might have missed so, it. No, so, because they didn't have it this year. They're having oh. the next. They skipped a year, and they're going to do 2024. There are tickets already available for it. Because okay, so, so Ahab, 
Ahab, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, probably, and Esoteric are both playing the Maryland Death Fest. So I've never been. is playing, I think. It's insane, right? I mean, there's so many bands. So 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 that's May 2024. 2024. You can get tickets. I believe you put them on hold and you don't actually have to pay for them right now, but I'm not oh, wow. positive about that. I haven't committed all, uh, all our friends, the metalheads. Um, they're talking about it. We have like a group for it, but I'm like, I, it's too far out. I just, I don't, I can't plan that far out. It is an incredible, yeah. I've been, I've been a bunch of times and it really is like, just, it's such a awesome. When was the last awesome time you experience. went? When did you go? I went last year and I, oh, all the metalheads. Yeah, we usually go to the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest, and we did this year, but right. last year we didn't. We ended up because I think some of us just had other things going on, so we couldn't do Decibel. And we weren't crazy about the lineup for Decibel, mm-hmm. but Maryland Death, we like to go to a show, a big festival together once a year. Right. So right. Maryland Death Fest came up, and then we decided we were going to all do that one. And uh, it was great. It was. I really liked it because um, I like the venue with the stages and everything, but then you can park. There's a parking lot and you can go back and forth the parking lot. So we had two cars and put them like back to back with the trunks open. And we just had like beer and we would invite people over. (laughs) Oh, it's such a party. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it was great. And just, I mean, unbelievable uh, performances across the board there. So I would love to go back to it, but um yeah, it's just it's just too far out for me to do it. I mean, I think tickets will still be available. Yeah, you know. You know what? Though I have, I'll be I'll be. It's not too far out for me because esoteric esoteric is playing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And for you know, I don't know. Are you are you an esoteric fan? Are you familiar with their music? Oh yeah, song? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like esoteric. Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan, <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean I don't like them. You know, it's not like one of my favorite all-time bands, but I do. So um, Tuesday, we're gonna have Jeff. I'm sorry, we have Jeff. We're gonna have Greg Chandler, the uh, the founder and singer of Esoteric, on the Endless Metal podcast. Oh, that's badass. That's pretty badass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. from from England. A little and, nervous. Uh, a little nervous. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, sort <laughs> just of prep. Fit fanboy like (laughs) but yeah no that's cool yeah so we're excited about about that and um they were gonna play saint vitus in new york like and i was like gonna get tickets and then i don't know what happened probably it was it was at a time soon after covid or something and they just canceled that but it's it's been a very long time um so i'm that's definitely going to be something all year that I'll be looking forward to. And, <laughs> and Ahab, because Ahab went forever. With, before, you know, I mean, it was like, how many years before Coral Tombs came out? It's like seven, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. How I do mean... you feel about Coral Tombs? Because I, <laughs> I can't get into it as much as the last record. I, the last <laughs> record? Yeah. Uh, the Boats of Glenn Carrick? Yeah. Number one album for me. This year? Not, not sure it's going to make my list. Wow. I wow. listened to it yesterday, actually, and I I, I liked it a lot. I mm. like it, yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, like the that kind of melodic voice, very distinguishable. You know, I I like the songs definitely that have the contrast with the the death growls, you know, more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but obviously, uh, fanboy, 
the collabor collaboration song with Esoteric, the last <laughs> Maelstrom. Are you really into Esoteric? Ma Maelstrom. <laughs> Why don't Maelstrom. you marry him, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I am an Esoteric fanboy, which is, you know, pretty yeah. clear. Like, yeah, we got that. Got it, buddy. We get it. We get it. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You got it. You got that. You got the memo. <laughs> I'll text you afterwards. You, know, you ever heard of that band? Um, it begins with an E. They play funeral death doom. It's, it's not exciting. E plus don't it's not, care. It's not. I love Evoken, but it's not Evoken. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh man, I love Evoken. Evoken's so great, man. They're from Baltimore. Mm. They're from, I thought they were from New Jersey. I'm, you're right. They are from New Jersey. I saw them at the Rams head. Oh, that, oh that yeah, blue, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. They're awesome funeral death doom band. Yeah. Maybe they'll play the Maryland death fest too. I, I'm sure they have before. I think so, so. Yeah. That's going to be a sick, that's going to be a sick concert. It's going to be a sick Pretty, festival. I'm wondering if they're going to play the decimal metal and beer fest next year. Cause I think they have a big anniversary for one of their albums. Mm. I have to look. I thought we talked about this, but maybe we didn't. Let's see here. 2023, what would be 20 years? Okay. Oh, no, 2000. 93 would be 30 years, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. Thought, uh, okay, 30 so years. Embrace the emptiness, uh -huh. 98. So we're talking 25 years. Five years, yeah. Wow. That's hard to believe. 20. Well, it's 25 years this year, though. Right. And they really do go back, like esoteric, like Thurgathon, Winter, esoteric, Avakin, Avokin, uh, Mournful con Congregation, sort of like, I, I think, right, the founding fathers of funeral yeah. death, death doom or whatever you want to, yeah, yeah. Well, I would, so, in the, Albert loves Avokin from Decibel, yeah. Albert Madrin. Oh, yeah. He loves Evoken, so I think the, the the best chance to see him on like a big festival would be Decibel. Decibel would be sense. phenomenal. Yeah. Not yeah. that they wouldn't play other ones, but they don't play that often. So they deserve a, a really great event. I, I don't know actually. No, their last tour, I didn't see them. Uh, but I've only you know Antithesis of Light, which is a long time ago. That was the last tour I saw them on, um, and you know Ram said it's cool. But like to me, Evoken's the kind of band that deserves a really awesome, you know, stage and venue. There's just so much uh, sound, like the presentation. You know, it's like they're not a bar band. Is what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> they, they, they be, as Jeff said, I think last week, like they belong in Carnegie freaking Hall. Or, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but they, they are belong. a cemetery band. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they, they belong in like an amazing cemetery. Yes. Cem yeah. Why don't we need to have Cemetery Fest? <laughs> cemetery <laughs> we Fest. We do. Man. That's a great idea, Jeff. What a concept, man. Cemetery <laughs> Fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it'll never happen. That, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hurdles to make that happen, I think, but it is a nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Collaboration. Do, you, do I know anybody in the mortuary science industry? <laughs> no. I mean, the, you know, the problem is that a lot of people are buried in the cemetery and their relatives may not enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Having a metal fest there. Uh, no circle pits around the, uh, you know, around the tombs. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the kind of festival where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, 
if we thought the PMRC was bad, yeah. like it would, it would mobilize like yeah. circle <laughs> pit in the sarcophagus. <laughs> this desecration of these 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 grave robbers who listen to their <laughs> devil music in, in, in the right. graveyard. I mean, it would be over for metal. Mm, so it's yeah. a great idea, but it probably should never happen. Yeah. No, it's never going to happen. Metal origin stories. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty early on, my earliest memory would be listening to hair metal bands mm-hmm. with my buddy uh, Dave Marshall at his house. And I was maybe in the mid to late 80s. So I was like 12, like 13, maybe. And Dave was this kid who lived in my neighborhood. And I remember he was constantly getting hassled by kids at school uh, because his family was poor and he, he was always rummaging through garbage looking for stuff. And they, they'd call him trash picker and um, stuff like that whenever they saw him. So I don't remember exactly how he became friends because I've, I've always kind of been a loner. Um, especially when I was a kid, I only had maybe a couple good friends growing up because um, I just preferred being by myself and getting lost in comics and fantasy novels more so than socializing. But I think I probably saw Dave getting picked on and I decided I wasn't going to have any of that because my best friend at the time, Christian, who I had known since I was five, he's a mixed race, black and white. And, um, he was always getting picked on too. So that was something I hated seeing. And um, so I think maybe I saw Dave in the neighborhood being bullied and uh, and I just started talking to him and I found out he was a great guy and that all the stuff he found in the trash <laughs> in other places was so fucking cool. He'd get like cassette recorders and bike parts and just all these gems that people wasted and sometimes for no good reason. So he'd piece together parts or fix things and make them as good as new. And he's just really smart and inventive and just, just like I said, the nicest person. So um, it's a long way of saying we became friends, really good friends. I loved hanging out with him. I remember his mom being incredibly sweet to me. But the thing I remember the most is that Dave was the one who really introduced me to heavy music because he was so passionate about like hair metal and he would play records for me and make me mixtapes. And he would just talk about music in a way I had ever really heard people talk about music before in terms of the instrumentation in the music and the emotion that he felt when he spun those LPs, it was um, pretty infectious. So like, Albums like Def Leppard's Hysteria, you know, um, uh, Poison, uh, Cinderella, Long Cold Winter. It's one of my favorites. I actually just picked that up on vinyl. From Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, you saw that, yeah. Final Altar in Philadelphia. I got to go to Vinyl Altar whenever in Philly. I was at the Decimal Metal and Beer Festival. Everybody had left. I stayed an extra day and did some shopping, and I ended up getting that record, which is kind of hard to find because it's uh, music on vinyl. Um, And uh, I... Just haven't seen it even on discogs i can't get it and they had it so i got it and um but dave also introduced me to maiden metallica um wow. so yeah so that's like the earliest memories and so i i got it it's just because dave was so really into that music and and was passionate about it and so um then when i was in high school i got into heavier rock bands 
like Soundgarden, Stone Table Pilots, Deftones, Orange Nine Millimeter, nice. and then this local band called Dracula Jones, which was basically like a grunge band. I, you know, I use grunge loosely because the the bands that get lumped into grunge are, didn't sound anything like each other. Uh, Alice in Chains, you know, like one of my favorite bands. Yeah, and um, one of my favorite bands as well. Oh, so good. Yeah. I did. Yeah, did you get the uh, the new vinyl that came out for Dirt? Oh my God! So no, get... no. Is it like? Yeah. Uh, is it like extra stuff, or is it just like? It's a... remastered in a, okay. the 30th anniversary. I believe it was last year, or is it this year? Wow. I can't remember. I got a yellow vinyl. I think it might. Have been oh, last. nice. nice. Um, and it had been a while since they released it on vinyl, and I didn't have it, so I was really looking forward to it. It's is great. It a gatefold. Um, I can't remember now. Actually, I can. Can't remember. Sounds like it would be good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And um, anyway, so a lot of that actually came from, you guys remember Headbangers Ball? Oh, hell MTV? yeah. Absolutely. Ricky Rackman. Yes. Yeah. MTV was awesome back then. They were totally, an amazing dude. source for new music. Like, Absolutely. 100%. Unbelievable. So I got a lot of those bands, especially like Deftones and um, Stone Temple Pilots and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, I kind of went moved into hardcore because I grew up in Syracuse, New York. Oh, okay. uh, I was a, I was a teenager in the late eighties and nineties. And, and there was a huge hardcore scene because in earth crisis, in, right? Yeah. Earth crisis is one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, yeah Port, central Port, New York. Were you close by? I'm no, like, I grew up in the Hudson Valley. Oh, so, you're in Hudson uh, Valley. Yeah. So, I mean, Syracuse is probably a good six hours from where I grew up. Mm -hmm. I think I don't, I've so, never been to Syracuse actually. Mm. So, so the well, Syracuse yeah. hardcore scene. Yeah, it was huge. A huge earth crisis was from there, but also like just central New York area because Buffalo had Snapcase, which is another yeah, huge band, band for me. Um, so that was a big eye opener for me because obviously that's a progression from like, you know, Stone Temple Pilots or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I pretty much bought everything on Victory Records around that yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once I got into that hardcore scene, I just had a thirst for heavier and heavier music. Um, but I, I feel like I really didn't get into metal until college. So I listened to a lot of hardcore. I probably had some metal, but the friends that I met at Oswego State University in my second year were just a huge influence on me. There was this group of guys from Canastota, New York, um, which is where the Boxing Hall of Fame is. And I went there last year oh. and they did an induction ceremony for three classes because of the pandemic. And it was amazing. Anyways. Uh, wow. Boxing's the only sport I watch. Marvelous um, Marvin Hagler, man. Oh, yeah, he was one of my favorites. I'm, I'm still devastated of, of, of his death. He was true, yeah, true hero. But anyways, these guys from Canastota, they they were really into metal, and they and in college they would basically just drink beers, smoke tobacco pipes, and listen to heavy music in a black light lit suite every night. And nice. uh, they affectionately called that suite the Death Star. And uh, those guys introduced me to a lot more extreme metal bands in various genres. Um, oh. From Incantation, I didn't mention, uh, Mind I Am Ride, uh, Cynic. So um, I had some of the best times ever in college, just hanging out with those guys and listening wow. to albums in the Death Star. And uh, I'm still friends with most of them. And every year since college, we share our best of the year lists. We used to do it in an old Yahoo group, which... <laughs> <laughs> we set up like 20 some years ago and then that 
Yahoo group thing ended. They just got rid of it a couple of years ago. And so we just started emailing each other the lists. But a lot of those guys, unfortunately, have slowed down a little bit on metal because they've got kids and, and whatnot and they're older. And so I feel like I'm carrying the torch a little bit more uh, for metal, even though they introduced me to it, which seems fitting in a way. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, those guys really opened my eyes to a lot of things, especially my friend Garrett, um, who is like a, a metal historian. He could be on a podcast. I don't think he'd ever do it. He's kind of like your friend or he, he, he's a you don't yeah. talk about that, but he would be really good because he just knows everything about metal bands. And right. um, if you can tell him something that you like, he'll pull something out, you know, like, have you heard this? And my name yeah. in college was Jackhammer. So all my friends, my metal dick friends from college call me Jack. It's like, Jack, have you heard this one? Where did that nickname come from? <laughs> so um, <laughs> when I was in college, you remember people used to call everybody tools. That was like oh, yeah. the thing. Yeah. So when I was hanging out with those guys, they would call certain people tools, but they would take it a step further and they'd be like, oh, that guy's like a fucking chisel. You know, that guy, yeah. you know, that guy's a hoe, you know, I don't know, <laughs> backhoe or something. <laughs> and um, so they called, started calling me jackhammer because when I would drink, I would get really excited, you know, um, especially That's when it came great. to metal and stuff. So I just, I'd get really hyped up, which was kind of the opposite of a lot of other people. So they started calling me Jackhammer and, uh, you know, got shortened to Jack. So it's just weird because <laughs> sometimes when I see those guys and like my wife, you know, I met after college and she's met those guys and they call me Jack. And it's just weird because they're the only ones that do that. And uh, um, but yeah, I love I love that I have a nickname from that time period because it's such a seminal yeah. point in my life for music. You know, I, maybe I would have got to metal uh, more eventually, but I wouldn't want to have done it on my own. I, I'm really happy that I met those guys and that they, they introduced me to all that stuff. So, um, you know, that's how I think a lot of it comes out because I don't think that you just naturally gravitate to metal. Cause how do you, most people don't even know about it, especially nowadays where everything's like pop music and country music and they keep saying rock is dead, but we know that's not true. Right. But, you know, as far as the mainstream goes, they know yeah. nothing about it. That's why you get Kate Blanchett laughing mm-hmm. at Margot Robbie for listening to hard music. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, took I really my love da- those guys. I took my daughters to Taylor Swift. Oh, boy. I, sh- I showed Jeff the pictures. And um, uh, Phoebe. Uh, Your good father. Yeah. No, this was, <laughs> this was a major Major, uh, I'm not going to say sacrifice. It was. It I mean, was a, listen. It was she's experience. talented. She's talented she's as fuck. She's absolutely talented. And the stage, yeah. like the stage performance, was unbelievable, over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, three hour concert. It was Oof. the Errors tour. So, I. I, I, I don't some, like her music, but no, no, I, no, I respect no. her. Yeah. I always feel that way because you. We talked about this earlier, where there's a lot of gatekeeping and stuff, and um, yeah. Um, even in metal, like uh, various genre, like metalcore and stuff, I don't listen to a lot of metalcore. I used to in the beginning; yeah. it was good. You know, I really liked it. Um, but I don't naysay that because you could listen to a band in metalcore, and it you could bring you to some of the metal that I like. Like I'm never gonna. You got to like what you like, and you've got to exactly. come in somewhere. Yeah, you got to start yeah. somewhere. You know, and that makes yeah. perfect sense. That you yeah. know, like. 
I love early Mastodon, not so big a fan on the later Mastodon, but if you listen to some of the Mastodon that's coming out now because it's more popular, because it's more accessible, you might go to the back catalog, you know, and listen to some of that, and that might lead you to something else. You know, everybody's got to have a starting point. I personally, like I just said, did not start in metal. Nobody, I don't think anybody does. Does anybody, right. unless your your dad is like a famous metal musician or something like that? Yeah, I was. <laughs> How telling, are you coming to metal? You've got. I was go- telling Jeff that I actually know like the first music that I was really into mm-hmm. because I I my I was. I believe I was five years old and my parents even got me the vinyl album of it. And it was, and I I don't remember the artist, but it's called a fifth of Beethoven. And it's like disco Beethoven. That, Mm -hmm. that was the first music for me, period. And I thought it was the greatest freaking thing ever. And I I apparently drove my parents insane because they kept hearing it. But, but really, I mean, for my, my generation, which is common with so many people, right. It was kiss. Because Kiss was more than than metal or, or music, they were like living superheroes, and so yeah, yeah, that, that was that was. I probably... never got in Kiss, even though I'm big into superheroes. I just don't. I, never I, never I think it might be. I think it might. It's probably Kiss. different from you. You know, it's not even. I was gonna say it's a generational thing because, like, you know, Kiss was. I I saw Kiss on um, Creatures of the Night. That was the first concert I ever went. Nineteen eighty three, Worcester Central. My dad took me. Um, I was 13 years old, but I mean, maybe it's generational to some extent. I don't know. I think that's true because you're a little bit older than I am. And that's the same case for the boys and the metalheads and they, they yeah. did kiss. So, yeah. I mean, I was listening to things like Bobby Brown and I remember specifically starting to get into rock music. And I asked my dad, I was like, I, I think I like guitar. I want to hear some rock music. Can you, recommend something to me and he gave yeah. me jefferson starship knee deep in the hoopla which i know that's so awesome and over, and over again yes. <laughs> oh yes that's great <laughs> love it and the first cd i ever bought when they had those long boxes in the cardboard you remember those hell yeah was uh oh, yeah. u2's octoon baby which is still one of my favorite albums it's, it's, great. it's, a, it's an awesome album yeah i mean i love I love Octon Baby. So Definitely. you know, I'm not going to pay three hundred dollars to see them in Las Vegas. But. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing of it is, just didn't start in metal. You know, it got, it moved, it progressed. You know, I hear one yeah. thing and then I want to hear something else, and uh, I'm glad it worked out that way. But who knows? Everybody's journey is a little bit different. So yeah, and also. I just want people to enjoy music. I don't. I don't give a fuck oh, what right. it is. I might not like Taylor Swift. I don't right. care. If you like now? I don't understand waiting a day in line to to get merch or whatever. That's weird. Oh man, we had uh, to get those. T- my do- so my daughter Anna is huge Taylor Swift fan. Like yeah, fan club. She's a Swifty. I mean the whole nine yards. And so we had like um, three of us calling, man. You know, trying to on the computer, trying to get get in, get in, get in. We got in on the pre-sale and we're able to get tickets that way. And um, good seats. And I was looking though, at, like what people were paying for those tickets. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, man. Like that's 20, seriously, we had four club seats at the mm-hmm. link, link. That's tw- probably 20 grand. 
What the like people, that's crazy. You like just people, sold this. People, like, <laughs> you can't though, because it's like priceless to your daughter. Right? No, my and my daughter was like crying during the concert. Like wow. she is so into Taylor Swift, and with like you know there are girl, a lot of women around us. You know, there's dads, but and they were singing the hits, and if but Anna and maybe one other sang every single song. Like I mean, she is so into into it, and. I don't know. I think it. I think it's been it's been good for me because it's not to say that I, I'm a fan of the, of Taylor Swift, but you know, um, it makes her happy. It's just like you said, right? It's social. It should be social. Like this is probably more than anything why the podcast and all the stuff we're doing is so great is because mm-hmm. you get older and you know I, I'll get busy and with and I'm listening to metal and I'm enjoying it and I'm you know, sharing a little bit and texting, but when you can get together with people, that's where you really like appreciate, right? Even if you, even if you have different tastes, it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, it's like, it's just cool to be around people who are passionate about, about this music. It's it's cool to enjoy your life. So it it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the job. When you asked me, you know, when I worked for the American library association, not happy. You know, and when I left and it, things changed, much happier, you know, so you have to embrace the things that really give you that feeling that that make you feel alive and good and and feel like you can just keep doing what you're doing. And um, a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people just sacrifice because they think they have to do something yeah. to make money or they have to do it for the family. And, and maybe they do. But even if you can just find one little thing to do on the side. Yeah. People, people actually ask me, I have people from high school ask me like, you're writing comics and doing what you love. Like, I just, I wish I could do something like that. I was like, you can, you don't have to give up everything. Pick one thing, do yeah. one day, do a couple hours and you could build off of that. You know, you don't have to do exactly what I did to be happy, but you should always work towards it. Um, just don't think that you're stuck in a rut or whatever. And uh, music's the same way, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter what kind of music it is. You know, I, I don't have to like the music that somebody else enjoys, but if they get something out of it, to me, that makes me happy in my heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So should we get to the top three? Yeah, the but I got to get another beer first. Oh, yeah. that's oh, that's the so that's the really rare special stuff right there. Yeah, so this is the first collaboration made they ever made with, with Incantation. Incantation. Um, Do you know about Brimming Horn, Jeff? No, I don't, but I, I was drinking seltzer, and uh, and you've inspired me to grab a beer, so thank you. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. What, what I always Br- do that. I'm is... bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, since, since you're, since you're a beer guy, I don't know, this might be uh, stupid to you, but do you like, uh, are, are you familiar with uh, the untapped? The app? Yes. I'm on untapped. Yeah. Okay, all the metalheads are most. Okay. Them. I'll, I'll find you on there. Cause uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close to hitting my 500th beer. Uh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Find me on there. Uh, yeah. yeah. I post pretty regularly on there. This what beer is- I had uh, was really good, called the Scroll and the Lamb bourbon barrel aged beer from uh, Hidden Hand. Holy fuck, that was good. That was oh, the fourteen percenter. Okay. It is a uh, what was this? I mean, it's a stout, but what's in it? 
Oh, here it is. It's weird how they put what it is in different spots on different cans. Bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with toasted coconut, cocoa nib, and vanilla. Very well balanced. It sounds nice. I mean, look how metal this is. It's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. It's got like eyes in its gut. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. This is, uh, it's called Common Night Jar 13. It's a mm. Czech dark ale, and it's from mm. At- Attic Brewing Company, which is right up the street here in Philly. Oh, and uh, nice. I just, just found out that they have um, Metal Mondays, where there's they have metal shows on oh, Mondays. Shit. At the brewery. That's yeah, funny. So. Jeff, I've never heard of that, and I was just in Philly, and I usually look for beers. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to put it on my list. Oh, cool. Attic. Awesome. Attic, yeah, Attic Brewing Company. That's awesome. Wait, you're in Philly? Yeah, he yeah. was there. Did you go to the Philadelphia Metal Beer Fest? I didn't. I was out of what? town. Yeah, I, I feel so bad that I missed it. I was there last uh, the year before. Yeah, we were there. Um, I got... Uh, I want this beer. Someone gave me um, edibles, and uh, I got <laughs> way, way, way too high. And during uh, Blood Incantation, I had to sit down because I couldn't figure out how to hold a bottle of water and a beer in my in the in like both hands i was like i don't know which one i can't oh take the, i can't take the cap off of this bottle of water and also hold this beer in my hand i have to sit down and think about this and i miss all the blood incantation oh man oh that sucks if they're good i know, I know. <laughs> so good i'm sad you missed this year too because uh actually i wasn't as jazz for the bands however i would have gone just for incantation because like i said yeah. they're my favorite death metal band and they had this mead which I was saying it's the first mead that Brimming Horn ever did. And so all the metalheads had had it. I had never had it because I never heard of Brimming Horn um, at the time. And they brought it back because because they did that anniversary set. So nice. And it's great. And then I ended up buying four bottles of it from their website because I'm actually in the Brimming Horn club. Wow. So every. And you did, and you did, you did a cult. Didn't you have like a special horn done collab for your. The oh, yeah. Yeah. We could talk about that. Um, we don't have to. But I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we did a mead. We did a mead for By the Horns. So Actually. I became friends with those guys. And um, it's the only mead they've ever done for a comic book. Only a collaboration. Yeah. It's actually it's the only mead I've ever heard of for a comic book, period. And um, yeah, it has dragon fruit in it. Because in Hawaii, they have dragon fruit. And it's like, mm. I, it's my favorite fruit. It's always delicious mm, you know how yeah. you get fruit sometimes it's like hit or miss yeah I've never had that with dragon fruit so I, and i've never heard of a mead with dragon fruit in it so i was like plus it's called dragon fruit it's called dragon fruit which is <laughs> right very fantasy-esque perfect for by the horns yeah, yeah. Awesome. so they, i told brimming horn because they're like well what kind of mead do you want to do if you want to do this collaboration and i was like i gotta do dragon fruit he's like oh my i don't even know if we can get dragon fruit and then they found out they could yeah and then i was like but I feel like you need another ingredient because I used to make mead. I made it for a long time. Mm. I haven't in a while because when I moved to Hawaii and stuff, I just kind of stopped doing it. But, and then I have brimming horn, which is really good mead. So I feel like mm, I'll just buy their mead. Anyways, it's like, you got to add something else to it. Cause I don't think you're going to get a good enough flavor just with dragon fruit. I would put vanilla in it. So they did it. They did dragon fruit and vanilla and it <laughs> came out awesome. It was so good. <laughs> And they liked it oh, so much, awesome. they actually made, it sold out like that. 
And then they also made a, a new mead with just dragon fruit with no vanilla that they called something else because they were inspired by it. And uh, I would like to make another one. I talked to them about by the horns mead, but barrel aging it. Mm. So I would like to do that at some point. I would like to go to Bremerhorn. I know I see them at Decibel Metal and Beer Festival. I talk to those guys. Nice. But I've never been to Bremerhorn. So I would love yeah. to go there for one of their festivals and like sign comics or, or something, you know, and bring the mead back. Um, but then they also did, they do drinking horns made from real water buffalo horns that they get done in, uh, from a company in India. And um, so they told me about this and I was like, well, I got to do horns. My book's called by the horns is about ripping off unicorn horns. <laughs> so they hooked me up with the company there. And um, we had uh, Elodie, the lead character. She has this jacket on and it has this skull with horns on it. It's a skull with horns as a, her symbol for the jack. Cause I, when I made, when Jason and I were coming up with a character, I told him, like, I want her to have like an identifiable symbol. So they yeah. took the symbol and they hand carved it into each horn. Wow. So I should, are there any, are there I should be those, drinking at it now. <laughs> are, there any, are, there, are there any of those drinking horns left? Like, do you have any stash of those? Um, I don't. I have two uh, for me. But however, when we did the Kickstarter, we brought them back. I haven't ordered the new ones yet. Um, I, I want to get people, one of those. I'm going to get oh, we'll, one of those. We'll yeah. probably get a couple extra. So if you really want them, uh, you know, you could buy one if you want. Yeah, I want to buy one. All right, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to grab it and show it to you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. I actually should have, I should have had the mead in this, but so yeah, this is the drinking horn. So you can see Elodie's horn symbol. That is awesome. Wow. Look at that, that huge horn. Beautiful. How many, how big, how many, was it about a pint more? It's like, um, I forget how much it holds. It's good a lot, a lot. More than a beer yeah. though. More than a beer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, and they're all different. I had them get all the black horns. I made them pick out all the black, the most black. Now this has more gray on it. I have one that's like pitch yeah. black, but yeah, that's sweet. That's the symbol. You can see the horns and stuff. It's pretty awesome. I mean, it the is quality awesome. is like off the hook. Yeah, it's really good. I usually drink meat out of it, but since I already had the metalheads glass, Will made these. I don't know if you can see it, but metalheads podcast. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome! Wow, I love it. So. I did. I just ordered. Um, I, bu- I just bought a Metalheads podcast T-shirt. Nice, because I, really, I really like the logo too. I think it's, it's yeah, cool. We have some cool, cool images and logos and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, George. We've been getting out of like just do a merch page. You can do uh, you know as you you know whenever yeah. somebody orders, you just make it. He finally did it. So yeah, we basically awesome. you know last few years we just we would make T-shirts and just give them to people. Cool. Uh, which is cool but i was like you know what you should have a dedicated site up there just to to sell stuff because maybe someone else see it and you know it all helps the podcast because you know as you know there's like costs right. associated with a podcast not a lot but right still. i just had one more question maybe so metalheads podcast any stories 
about being part of the Metalheads podcast and like, you know, people at shows who come up to you or any sort of, or even stories off the, off the air that no one knows about that are sort of, <laughs> <laughs> that are, that are me- memorable sort of metal stories. I mean, didn't I tell you the story where I like took a nap and came back and it was the greatest oh, comeback yeah. in the history of podcasting? That, that is true. Like that's almost, <laughs> that's almost impossible to top. Howie, you can't top that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. let's, let me think. Um, well, so at decibel metal and beer festival a lot of people came up to me this is hilarious so you know george started the podcast he's the pod father right but at the decibel metal and beer festival he was like late to show up in line or whatever and this guy from australia came up and was talking to us about how much he loved the podcast and stuff and when i was at the show people would come up to me because we were wearing metalhead shirts i think that was the first day maybe First or second day, I can't remember. We all wore the Metalheads podcast shirt so people could see us. And so a lot of people came up to me and they were talking about how much they love Metalheads podcast, but nobody came up to George and George was not around any of us when it happened. (laughs) And he created the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) seemed perfect somehow. But yeah, that was really cool because, uh, you know, people come up and take the time to say, hey, you know, we just really enjoy the podcast so much, you know, it's cool to see you in person and and put a name to the to the the voice. And uh, so, yeah, that was pretty rewarding, you know, because, of course, we don't do it for the audience, but it's also, like I said, about the metal community. So the fact that that's how I came to the podcast, because I enjoyed listening to it, you know, just like those guys. So to be able to have people come up to us and meet us and in person is uh it's perfect that's exactly what we want for the podcast we, we want to create that community we always um at these shows now when we go to these festivals we have people who've been listeners of the podcast that we've invited over to hang out with us and drink beers and now we have like an entourage it's not just the metalheads podcast it's like all these other people who keep coming to the festivals because they want to hang out and uh, so we have built up like a little family of metalheads, and uh, I love that. I love that part of it. And a lot of them have been on the show just because they become friends. And you guys do cameos. <laughs> cameos on what? <laughs> like this? <laughs> this is Marcus on from the Metalheads podcast. Oh have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a brutal birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we could, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I have a but, pretty good voice for that. I guess I could uh, do it. You said entourage and like prof, you know, how can they profit off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, that last, oh, well, you're talking about um, Maryland death fest. Oh shit. So there was a lot of craziness that happened, mm-hmm. but I remember the one I remember the most, and I'm sure Jay won't mind me saying this, but Jay got so hammered before we actually went to the show one day, I think it was the second day. Um, There's a huge line uh, and he did not want to wait. So he decides that he's going to go to the front. And for some reason, I followed this guy to the front of the line and he's like, oh, you know, we should be able to get in, whatever, you know, we just show him this. I was like, I heard this is the way you can get in if you just talk to this person. Of course, no, they're not letting us in early. You know, there's no press credentials at this event. So Jay decides that he's just going to slip through this little fence, which is about this big. And Jay's kind of a thin dude. And I was like, dude, I can't even fit through that. I'm not going through that. He slips through it. 
And he ends up on the other side. We're all waiting. And for hours, he's hanging out with like the security guards. And then he ends up passing out right next to a dumpster. And we come in and there's Jay. And the security <laughs> is like, is this guy all right? Yeah, he's still drinking. So that was one story. Jay <laughs> hammered before the whole thing. The That's other thing, hilarious. which is which is more of a heartwarming story, is that um, we were at I think it was Ram's Head. Is that the one where they? It's kind of like a bottleneck, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't like that that stage too much. No, and it's not near the main area, which is also not cool. But yeah. anyway, we went there. I think it was Carcass was playing there, and um, some other bands, and somebody pickpocketed Matt. Oh shit! And mm -hmm. uh, so you know, he put a call out. I think. Um, on social media because there's a page for that and like the next day somebody had found his wallet wow and um he was this like big albino guy like literally albino and um the next day we came up met him and uh he gave the wallet and we started taking pictures with him and everything and uh i don't that may have given him a reward for for it as well but it was just really nice because you know, obviously there's going to be people who are trying to take advantage of the fact that there's a huge crowd, but then there's other people there who are looking out for, for you know, your brothers and sisters uh, at the show. And uh, that was nice because, you know, all his stuff was intact, you know, maybe some of the money was gone, but his cards were all there. So he doesn't have to like redo all that shit. You know what I mean? And um, it was just really nice to see that this guy went out and did that. And I think we bought him beer and, I don't know. Like I said, took pictures and everything, but I like that part of it. I don't like great. that Matt got pickpocketed, but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So if you're at Ram's Head and it's crowded, make sure your shit's safe. <laughs> That's a lesson from Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So shall we get to some metal? Sure. The, the three. <laughs> the three of many i said the three of many how much metal do you have any sense marcus on like of how much metal you you or different metal records you listen to like a i don't know a week or a lot once? actually i keep a list <laughs> wow. I, I keep a list um i usually yeah. listen to about eight to nine a week because we do um on the metals podcast do you go on facebook Mm -hmm. we do uh, a metal Fridays right and then right. we post everything that we're listening to and I usually have the most that's um, right that is true yeah. so um it used to be George <laughs> <laughs> George used to have these crazy long lists on the podcast and he stopped doing it and now I've kind of taken over that a little bit I think <laughs> um so I listen to a lot um I keep an ongoing uh, spreadsheet of all the albums I listen to and I kind of categorize it like if I know it's not going to be on my top 25 it it goes down to like non-contenders right um and then i have like a upcoming album section so i know yeah. the release date for it and then i have you know the contenders list and it's usually about i think right now there's maybe 40 albums on it so wow. i'll highlight the ones that i know are going to make the list and then yeah. there's like whoa i gotta listen to these a little bit more to see if they're going to make it mm -hmm. so i have well, let's take a look. Let's see how many albums I've listened to this year. It's going to be a lot. Brace yourselves, boys. 
Uh, I'm curious. I don't think I've ever looked at it. I want to. I want to know what the first album of the year was for you. First album of the year. Okay, I do have it arranged by um, date. So let me take a look. Uh, I think it was a Ravu, actually. Is that an Excel sheet? Yeah, I have an Excel sheet. Yeah. Oh, you got to send that to me. <laughs> well, no, I would, I would give away all my picks. I can't do that. <laughs> swear, sworn confidence, man. I'll, I'll never, I'll never. Make your own, Ben. I just want lots of metal. <laughs> so the first album I have on here was either a Ravu, a Fate Worse Than Home, or the Howling Void into Darkness Evermore for Profound. Howling Void, both, uh, right. They're both on Jan- January 6th. Nice. Um, shit. Okay, so I've listened to. Is Howling Void? Are they on? Is that a Bonkard Records? Howling Void? Or am I thinking of a different band? Uh, kind of doomy, kind of clean. It's on uh, Funeri. Okay. Yeah, I keep that list. I keep artist, album, label, country, date, and then I have notes for each one. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I've listened to seven hundred and fifty albums. Oh my already. god. <laughs> like already like in 2023 yes, yes. Wow. that's unbelievable yeah. i'm telling you i don't know that anybody listens more metal than i do like, i don't really, think so i'd be I, shocked if anybody including yeah. like writers for like decibel i know no, they don't because they no. don't even put shit on there that i'm like how is this not on your list they're just to rushing it? to meet deadlines for their reviews and stuff yeah. like there's no way i think we have on this podcast right now the person who listens to the most metal on planet earth <laughs> yeah that's a lot of metal i'm seven not worthy i'm not worthy. wow can i ask you one quick question mark son like yeah so jono and jeff and i like with like band camp and i mean like all these the social media thing definitely opens up like all of these bands that you wouldn't discover otherwise but at the same time, it really it, see, it really does seem like this is kind of, this is a golden age for metal. Like mm. there's just so the, the the quality of the of these bands is just insane from all over the world. Is that I mean, do you think that's real? It's like and is it like the last ten years or I mean, I mean if they if they do I, I think know, that statement is real? No, no. But I mean, <laughs> like like before. Like, were there always was was metal? We just didn't we just didn't have the tools to hear it. Like, in the you know, I don't know when when did the internet? Like, we had BBSs in the late nineties or in the nineties, but I mean, we didn't really have the internet. No, um, I mean, listen, I think, like I said, I've been making a top forty since I was in college, and I always have extras on that. I always have honorable mentions. That's a lot of albums. So we're talking. Even I'm not listening to it back then I wasn't listening to as much as I am now. Yeah. But um, even then, even if I was listening to, let's say I've been doing a top 40 and then I have honorable mentions and I probably listen to something else, maybe a hundred albums. That's pretty good for the last like 20. Uh, I don't know how many years. How old am I? More than that. Almost 30 years, 30 years. So I think there's so. been really good metal over the years. I think there've been years that are stronger. Uh, yeah. But I think there's been good bands. Um, the last couple of years, I think, has been an explosion of riches for sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's yeah. some real great bands that have that risen to the top of the heap and they just keep putting out really good records too, like a two mold or something like that, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think it metal's always really been good. I, I, I it's hard to say. Sometimes John, well, every year John does stats um, on that, but um, but yeah, I feel like if you really want to know, you know, be a good measuring stick would be go back and look at like old decibel lists. I'm sure mm-hmm. you can find them on the internet. They've yeah. been around a long time. What were their top albums? I don't always agree with them, but they do have a lot of their really good albums on there. Right. So um, maybe it's know. also, is it true? Maybe also like um, the creativity of the integrations of so many different sounds, you know? I mean, like if you want to go to like a real extreme, like that label, I void hanger. I mean, yeah. there's bands on there that I cannot describe what the hell they're doing. It's insane. <laughs> it's like completely, it's so uh, dissonant and heavy, but jazzy. Yeah. And I don't even um, know. I mean, that's a tough one. Cause I feel like that's happened for many years. Yeah. And also what we're seeing a lot of is that people are reaching into the past and redoing things. So yeah, for true. instance, like uh, we know that's true with death metal, yeah. but a band like majesties, which mm. I really like that has that kind of Gothenburg uh, melodic uh, death oh, sound in flames. That was like in flames. Yeah. And that was like a really small window in time where they were good. And like that music was perfect. It yeah. was the perfect mold. Majesty's captured that, but wow. maybe they don't do that if it not for in flames and, and, you know, maybe a couple other bands that from that time, you know, at the gates or something like that. Um, so I feel like, people are reaching back into the past and uh, bringing some of that sound back and maybe adding a little flavor to it. So I don't know if I necessarily count that as new as being a more of a reinvigoration yeah. of things that worked in metal. Um, but there is a lot of experimentation. I, I could use a little less saxophone, to be honest with you. Saxophones, yeah. It's appearing. <laughs> I could use way less saxophone. The guys in the metalheads love the saxophone, but I, I don't know some some albums that works really well for me and then others is like I, this just seems frivolous just get to the metal kind of, i mean Brett, <laughs> the only saxophone that like the only saxophone metal band that like just comes to mind is that i've listened to you know mm-hmm. dreadnought like dreadnought i think they have saxophone but i mean how what are the bands have i mean what are the bands are doing sax and metal i mean i don't I, listen I, I, to him that much. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, White Ward, White Ward. White Ward um, okay. um, uh, you get these like out of work jazz guys, <laughs> like are into metal or something. I don't know. White Ward was a big one on the Metalheads podcast. They did a lot of mm-hmm. sax. Uh, uh, That's wild. The Owls band. Owls know your name, or mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. I'm not a big fan of the other guys on the podcast are, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There seems like. Uh, those bands usually <laughs> they have sex so I'm like, ah, I'm out. So yeah. So I don't know as much. The other boys, uh, they'd probably have a better idea of it. But uh but yeah, those are a couple examples I can think of. There was one album I think that I liked with with the uh, with saxophone. Um what was it? Um uh, I can't remember. I can't remember offhand. Yeah. John Zorn's painkiller project yes. was, 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 was metal. It was and right. With Laswell. City. It was with Mick Harris from Napalm Death Napalm on drums. Death. Yeah. Bill Laswell on bass and, and, and John Zorn on 
insane uh screaming alto saxophone that that was a that was a cool that was a heavy project yeah you might good, like that man you might like that saxophone Little, I mean, uh, listen. I, I encourage. Uh, I like progressive metal, so I encourage people to try new things. It just yeah. feels like saxophone is the thing on a lot of them. But you're <laughs> right, see. though. When it comes to black metal, it's a little bit different. Like they can be all over the place. They can be super dissonant, and, yeah. Uh, uh, just just a variety of sounds. I don't tend to like that kind of stuff. Like I I need a I need more of a cohesiveness to mm. it. I I, I don't want to just dissonant sound and just being all over and just showing like how many different things you can do i want you to be able to be able to rein that shit in i want you to be able to understand your talent and be able to do it to make like high quality songs that that feel like a record because i'm not a singles kind of guy you know what i mean right I'm not in the pop world where i you know i i want that hit single i want an album yeah. and so i feel like a lot of these albums are just it's just too much sometimes mm. so but if that's what they want to do and that's what makes them happy like we were saying before go for it i just it's probably not going to be on my list you know what i mean right 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 so one other question before we go so so if we have an n an n of uh tw- let's see 1500 uh 22 uh, roughly 2200 albums in the last 3 years no 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 it's more than that cuz we're only we're only in uh we're only in june You've listened to seven fifty, <laughs> so you probably listened to another seven. So it's right, probably Oof. what like an average of fifteen hundred rec- records a year. So That's three wild. years is like forty five hundred, like forty five hundred records. I don't know. Um, do you? I mean, I mean, I guess that this answers itself. But I was going to ask, like, is it is it more quantity than quality? Like you're kind of burning through records, and there's just maybe a select few that you go back to. Or is there like a, a lot you go back to? Well, okay, so you, you have to understand, sometimes I'll put on a record and immediately I know it's not for me. Yeah. So I'm not listening to the whole thing. So when right. I say that's that many, it doesn't mean I'm like listening oh, to it and re-listen to yes. it. Yes, right. So that means Check I tried it. a couple songs. Checked it out. I may even just sample parts of the song and I'm like, what I, I usually will do yeah. is I will start it. Well, I always start on track two. I don't know yeah. how you guys do it, but track one, a lot of times they just put nonsense in the beginning. It just happens all the time <laughs> in the middle. I hate that shit. So I always start with track two because you know Blame it's going to be no. it's going to be usually a full track. Yeah. So I start with track two. I listen to it for a little bit, and I can tell right away if it's something that's going to grab me. And um, you know, if it isn't something that I like, I will preview some of the other tracks just to see if like, oh, maybe this is an anomaly. Um, if it is something I like, then I, you know, I'll listen to more. Um, so there's a lot of bands that come out where I'll listen to them. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And then I'll preview some of the other songs. And then if it doesn't hit for me, then it goes in the, you know, never to be listened to again pile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's some bands where I'm like, oh, I think I like this. I got to come back to it if I don't have time or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of categorize it. Um, so when I listen to that many albums, yes, I'm listening to it, but not the whole thing sometime, most of the time, I would think. Right. So like in, in the six the six records you sent us, like obviously those are ones that had staying power because they're your favorite of all those mm-hmm. many, many things you sampled and then either yeah. you listen to it or not. Um, but like, 
how many um how many are how many roughly are you listening to that like you're into the you're into the record like you're into it you're gonna cut you're gonna listen to it I mean, because that's one thing I find is really challenging is there's so much good stuff. And I even find myself forgetting about records and then like I'll rediscover them, those kinds of things, which is cool, you know, because they're all in mm. one place. But uh, like roughly for you, like mm. are you, how, how do you manage <laughs> how, how do you manage quantity, quality? Oh, that's why I do the spreadsheet. So right now I have 42 albums um, that are, I would say are in contention with 14 absolute have to be on the mid-year list. Got it. Yeah. So all those albums past 14 are like, I got to re-listen to this and see if it's going to make the list. And then I'll, then I'll work and try to make the order. So those 14 you've listened to all the way through multiple times. Yes. If, if, If they're definitely on the list. They're in green on my spreadsheet. They, I've listened to them multiple times. That's and important. that's probably true for even more. Like I have a, I color code them. So 15 through 22, yeah. I've listened to those albums a lot. This is what I need, man. Jeff, this is what we need. Because we're, <laughs> we, we need to start doing Excel sheets and color coding. Yeah, I mean, it helps I mean, tremendously. Yeah, no, seriously. I'm a, I'm a. I'm an advocate for that. I think I, that's how my mind works too. So I, I'm I'm really interested in that idea. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm strange because I'm like very creative, but I'm also super organized, which is yeah. not the case normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. So, um, you know, like I said, I have 14 in green. Now the order will might change because I'm going to listen to everything again before I decide on the order. I do have them in an order, but but I know it's not going to be the the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I have in blue 14 through 22. That means I really like those records. I got to, I'm not sure if they're going to make the list. I got to listen to them again. And then I have purple, which is 23 through 28, which I, re- I like, I don't know if they're going to make the list. And then I have some in black through 42 that I'm like, I got to listen to this a little more. Ahab's in that category, by the way. <laughs> I got to listen yeah. to it a little bit more because I'm not sure. Maybe I missed something or I wasn't in the right mood and you know it could go higher. And then I have mm-hmm. um, albums that I definitely want to listen to. Well, actually, I have a long list of albums that are still to come out. And then I'll put albums in green that I know I'm going to like. Yeah. Probably like Aramit's coming out from the sixth. I love yes, Aramit. That you introduced me to them. Bear many names. Yeah, you introduced me. You introduced me to that record, and I, I fucking love that record. I've gone back to that record. Mm-hmm. I've done stupid AI tribute videos to Aramit, and they loved it. But because I love Aramit, because because yeah. Mark and Son, I never would yeah. have known about that record. Yeah, I'm like, like the only one in that cast. And <laughs> what a and what a perfect cover, right? For like with the dinosaurs and the sword. I mean, it's like. Mm-hmm. total cave <laughs> it fits the music it's like perfect package the new one the new one's out of control it's four lps it, yeah i got <laughs> wow like it's, so wow. aramid serpent of old which is a they're like a death doom the, mm-hmm. the tracks i've heard from that is amazing and then vengeful specter which is their last album was on my top 25 nice so, and i have more on that list but those are the ones that i kind of singled out and then um, I already started a list for contenders for the second half of the year, which is everything mm-hmm. from July on that I know is going to come out. <laughs> wow. 
So like Black Braid, I mentioned earlier, Outer yeah. Heaven, you know, Horrendous announced an album, you know, so, and I'm, then I have the non-contenders and that's- I really, I really, really hope you fall in love with Ahab. I, like I said, their last record is number one for me. So that's weird. I often find myself feeling that way. Like when I share a record with Jeff or John, I'm like, man, I hope they really love this freaking record. And then I get pissed if they don't. No, I I don't. I I mean, I've listened to it a bunch of times. I just have trouble connecting with it. I don't know what it is because I love the last one so much. But sometimes that happens. You're in a different space when you heard that last one. And um, that's not, that isn't typical. You know, even if I didn't like it as much. Right. You know, like I love uh, Death Atlas by Cattle Decapitation. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. as big oh. a fan of Terracite. It's a right. great record still, I mean, but I'm still yeah. not a biggest fan. It, well, there's, and that's, there's a, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, like he's, he's doing clean vocals. He's doing these different sort yeah, of He's done that for. Did he did it on time. Death? No, he did that on Death Atlas. Yeah. He did some clean. He's amazed that um travis doesn't i don't know he's yeah he's an amazing vocalist it's like transformer vocals really that's what it it's, sounds it, like to me it's a, it's a, yeah but i think i listen to it and I, so i like it but i don't like it nearly as much as death atlas yeah I, there's some of death atlas i think it's the way they manage space in that album more this one's more of a blistering attack terracite is yeah so i don't i just don't it doesn't have as much color in it to me for some yeah. reason but so then i have a list of non-contenders and that's like you know 500 plus records now a lot of these records i'd like um but they just they can't make the cut i already have 42 um on the contenders list so some of those Mm -hmm. will be honorable mentions you know so it doesn't mean i don't like these non-contenders it just means i don't think they're they're good enough to, to to make my list, like Obituary or Howling Voids on there. They're not going to make my lists, um, you know, stuff like that. I'm I'm uh I'm way behind the times, and I have just a notebook that I'm just like that works constantly. I, I think it's time to make the switch, Ben, to uh <laughs> to a spreadsheet. I while you guys are while you guys are they talking, need to create an app they need know, an app specific they need an app specifically for this <laughs> i'm telling you it works it's great especially with metalheads because i i don't want to wait till last minute to try to listen to all these albums there's just too many of them yeah so like 42 is manageable i mean that's too many to me like i gotta listen to these stuff in black and those are the ones i really need to listen to to, to make sure they're either going to be on the list or off the list yeah. And then you're on the show, and then what George or or one or one of the guys is champion, you know, so gushing about a record, or, and then you're like, I got to listen to this, right? I mean, does that happen too a lot? Mm. Uh, it used heard? to. It used to. I, I feel like I listen to everything. I think I feel like I listen to the most of the records. So you've listened to pretty so much everything. Not they've a lot to. of stuff yeah. that they bring up that I have not heard uh, lately. Lately. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever have time or the inclination to go back and be like, oh, I don't know, like pick a year, like in 1988, like maybe I should dig into what I what I missed from 1988. Oh yeah, I I make that's a great great point, Jeff. I may I make a point to mm-hmm. do that because because okay. I do that the, too. Yeah, I love you have to right? Like he does that. So 
being on the metal is podcast because we get all these promos and we're constantly trying to find new things so we can give that to the audience you can get caught up in that where you're just listening to something new every single time right so i try to make a conscious effort to try to listen to things i like and that's why i have the lists because i can go back and those lists and like oh let me see what I what I liked a couple years ago or ten years ago. Right, right. Fuck, I haven't listened to that thing in in a long time. Let me let me throw that back on. Right. So th- that's how the list also helped me because I know like what I really enjoyed and and what I can revisit. Um, and I have a lot of vinyl too, so sometimes I just when I listen to records. Well, I mean, I listen. I get new vinyl. I've slowed down a little bit on getting new vinyl. So a lot of times I'll listen to something old or. When a new record comes out, that's a really good time, I think, to go back and listen to some of the old stuff mm-hmm. or do a deep dive yeah. uh, on a band where you just listen to everything. And um, so I, yeah. I take I take the time to do that for sure, because I, I don't always want to be like, what's the next thing? What's the right. new, the new right. hotness? You know what I mean? I, I, I will. I will pitch real quick. My friend Jeff uh, does a, a, a YouTube podcast called Gas Masks and Hand Grenades. And they do deep dive. He does deep dives on there five, six hours. These videos are so long. And and Jeff is Jeff Markison. You guys might, if you guys were together, it might be like too much combustible <laughs> and, <laughs> and energy. But like he, he, as far as what Jeff described to me, like for these deep dives, he has like twenty pages of notes, like <laughs> every record. You know, um, it's it's amazing and. If you're if you're a Steve Von Till fan, we Jeff and I just love Neurosis and Steve Von Till. Yeah. Jeff Jeff from Jeff with a G from Gas Master Hand Grenades interviewed Steve Von Till for five hours. It's a five hour interview with wow. Steve Von Till on YouTube. It's unbelievable. So I, mean, I want to pitch. I had to say I had to mention Gas Master Hand Grenades. I get um on Bandcamp. Awesome. I get notifications because they always uh. Steve Von Till and that his label and stuff, they always give like free Neurot. stuff. Neurot. Mm-hmm. So um I think uh Amon Ra. They just gave an Amon Ra four or something like yeah. that. So yeah. yeah. I like uh Steve Von Till quite a bit. But yeah, listening to podcasts is a great way uh to find new stuff or to do a deep dive. So we mentioned Evoken earlier and I mentioned Albert and how much he loved it. And mm. part of the reason I know that is because he was on the Requiem metal podcast. And I don't know yeah. if you guys have listened to that one, but that. I love that podcast because they'll take like a band and do a deep dive on their entire nice. discography and um, they play songs from it. And Albert was on to talk about Evoken and nice. it was a two part thing. And it's like, I don't know, three hours for each podcast. And so when I heard that, I was like, I got to do a deep dive on Evoken, yeah. which is tough because, man, that is some bleak shit. But <laughs> so good, though. I love it. So, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I'll do that or um, Incantation, like I mentioned, they uh, did Decibel Metal and Beer Festival to uh, just celebrate the anniversary of a record. And so I'm like, I got to go back and listen to all this Incantation. Nice. Because they're my favorite. And uh, so, yeah. I do that from time to time. Um, if I really like a record, I mentioned, um, actually this record was going to be in the top three that we were to talk about, but uh, Worm Blew Nothing, which I love. Which is so, an EP. Which, it's so amazing. Good. I love I, Worm. I, I listened to that yesterday, actually, also, and it was incredible. When, sick, I was, right? when I was listening to it, I was like, Jeff has to have heard this. 
because it's, I hadn't because it, it has a the thing about uh, Worm, right, Jeff? I mean, the guitar work is freaking amazing. It was awesome. Like those yeah. guys are incredible yeah. players. Oh my and, god! And they just getting keep getting better. They just were not. They weren't. If you listen to their first record, it's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, this it's an EP. Uh, Blue it's nothing. It's an EP. Blue nothing. Uh, yeah. But the record, the full link before that. Um, is great as well, but Blue Nothing is like a progression. And then I saw them at Decibel. They oh. had never, that was their first live performance I've ever done. And they were amazing. They were very theatrical. They had like a wow. woman out there. Wow. We're like, he like simulated like eating her out and stuff. And there was like swords and there was like, a, I don't know what was going on in it, but it was really crazy. Wow. But they were also really good live. <laughs> <laughs> I was and, looking uh, them. I was looking them up on Discogs and the, like just to see, you know, if they've been on other projects. And there's like, they're all in like twenty different bands. Yeah, there's like so much. That's another great way to discover, you know, mm -hmm. music to check. Exactly, out. and um, so sometimes that happens too. Like I see a band live, and I've I've got to go back and and listen to those records. Like we were talking about Cave In and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Worm was like that. Like, I really liked, it was called, um, their full length before Blue Nothing was called Forever Glade. Just yeah. remember the name. Yeah. Which is a great record. Yeah. And Blue Nothing's even better. Mm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. But if you listen to that first album they did, it's like, wow, they've, they've grown tremendously. I, I, I wanted, I've got to listen to it now. because You have to. I'm telling yeah. you, it's like night and day. It's really yeah. bizarre. That's a that's an interesting one though, like because off the top of my head, like I can't. I mean, there are bands that get better musically over album for album, but like, I don't know. I mean, but I can't like the fact that Worm. You said Worm's first album. They weren't. That just like blows my mind because they're like, it's not just that they're incredible musicians. Their sound is so distinct the co the combining of the atmospheres and the not like that in the first one <laughs> like, this the first like how do the they do it production is brutal like, i don't know how to describe it it's just but, it's just terrible but it's <laughs> Mar marcus on but it's like is that is that typical is there like are there other bands you could think of that like they're insane and amazing but you go back to that first record and you're like it was awful yeah i mean i can't besides megadeth no i'm just kidding Listen, I think there's a lot of bands that put out demos and they don't really know what they're doing. They're trying to feel their way through the process of trying to find their yeah. sound. Yeah. And they might not have the equipment. They might not have yeah. the production. They might not have the means to do it. And uh, they're just, they just want to be in a band and try to play. Yeah. And I think right. for Worm, and I think that's probably true for a lot of other bands, they didn't know what their sound was going to be. Mm -hmm. And you can hear the progress, even from Forever Glade, which is a great record. Yeah. It's on 20 bucks spin. Yeah. 20 bucks spin. Yeah. To blue nothing. You know, you can hear the similarities in it, but there's more going on in blue nothing. Um, and I hope they carry that over into the next full length. Cause there's some bands that just want to do like a, you know, like a side project to, to try something out. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about Bloody Incantation. Well, they did an ambient record, which is fucking awesome. It's, I love that record. It's so awesome. It is I awesome. I was but, blown away that they did that. I had no idea that these guys were and, like drone heads. And maybe they incorporate some of that into the next one. Well, yeah, what's, the okay next one what's the next one going to be like? I'm like, right. so, I mean, that talk about exciting to hear the next Bloody Incantation record. Like, what are yeah. they going to do? Are they going to integrate? I mean, that's, yeah. 
so yeah, yeah so there's certain bands that kind of do that kind of stuff and um you know i'm okay with that um but yeah i can't i mean i can't off the top of my head i can't think of, i know there's probably a lot of bands that kind of started off terrible but i don't remember those albums and a lot of times they're just demos or eps or something and and i've said this on the metalheads podcast nobody's really listening to demos hardly anybody's listening to eps you know what yeah. i mean like you you'll listen to it but if it's not a full-length album you're not going to come back to it except for blue nothing now it's almost <laughs> a full length that shit's yeah. almost there yeah and um but it's so good um that it's one that's why it was on the list like i have i don't can't remember the last time i listened to an ep that struck me that much where i have to go back and listen to it as yeah. much as a full album I, I i just can't i cannot remember a time when when that's happened i'll go out on a limb and say blue nothing is by far the greatest metal ep maybe ever i mean i i can't <laughs> oh, think wow, of, that's a lot <laughs> i mean i mean i can't like there's good eps like you know alice in chains right but jar mm. of flies that was an ep that's fucking classic unbelievable record but other e like the ep though it's like there's a good eps but that's a, a that, you're right i mean that's just a stunning record blue nothing and it's an yeah. ep i forgot it was an ep and when you mentioned it i went back yeah. and was listening i'm like holy shit it's only like, it's like 26 minutes long or... anything that's less time than slayers rain and blood is an ep to me <laughs> which, which is well, what, almost 29 minutes 28 minutes yeah, it's 28 yeah. something. i think doesn't spotify they they'll sometimes if there's like four songs they'll make it an eat they'll put it into the ep so yeah. like they screw yeah. they screw long form doom bands big time spotify with their their so, stupid algorithm anyway i just thought of another band that i really love um that has changed tremendously wake so they were just wake. a grind metal band now I, I don't uh, like yes. grind that much, so I can't say that was your number one record, record, man. Right? Number I mean, one, uh, Devouring Room was number Devouring, one in like yeah. 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. And then the new one from last year was number two. Number two. Wow. So they've changed a lot because they've incorporated a, a quite a few different sounds: death metal, yeah. post metal, um, and and I think they've become obviously one of my favorite bands because the, yeah. the last two releases are. You can't get much higher than that. Um, but they were a pretty much straight grind man before, which I do not right. like. I'm not a big fan of grind. Every once in a while, there'll be a, a band that comes out that I that I enjoy, um, but typically not. So they've grown a lot. Now, I can't say what the quality was of their first record. There was a grind record because, I, again, I'm not really big into that. And I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard it, to be honest with you, because I don't, I don't like that genre. But what they've incorporated, and they also did an EP that was a complete departure from everything else they've done. But you can hear parts of that influence, you know, what they've done on the, on the latest record. And I like that. I, I like that part. That's not always the case with bands, because sometimes there's a band, they have a sound I really like, and then they change, like Metallica or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I don't, if you want to do that, that's fine with you, but or Mastodon, I mentioned that earlier, you know, they've changed their sound. Um, but for I, me, Wake has changed for the better. Yeah, and I'm different with you on that score because I actually really love the new Mastodon. I love how they've embraced Prague. Like they've brought 70s and 80s Prague like deep into their sound. Yeah, well, and, they, and, and it's and Prague the, rock though. It's we're not, all, uh, it, it is true. 
And, and, I, I, I really like with I really like Mastodon. The Emperor of Sand record had to be one of my top in that year. I love I, that record. I don't really love the new the new new Mastodon stuff, although I should give it another choice, but I do love Grindcore, so uh, <laughs> yes. you know, it's all good. It's all good. Well, and the thing is with Wake, I feel like this last record kind of uh, I mean, maybe I can hear a little bit of grind, but they've almost completely tossed that out. Um, um, the one before that had more. I mean, of it what's in the it. what's grind? I mean, like blast beats, like the signature sound of grind. What is it? Fast riffs. I mean, the ones, the bands I like that do it well, like Magruder grind. I love that band. Like one minute and twenty seconds, and you have three killer riffs. And it's going at the speed of light, right? Yeah. Well, like, that's the, what I hate about it. <laughs> you you do a riff rich, for like but... two seconds, and then like, well, and then you're done with the song, and then your album is like ten minutes long. Well, it's not but, an album. Think or about there's... how many. Think about how many grindcore bands you could listen to in six months. Right. My God. <laughs> oh my God. Right. I, I would have bands, a right? thousand like albums. Thirty seconds. Forty seconds. Like yeah, like so, it? I would have a thousand albums in the 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 total Phallic for the carnage. time. Yeah. Uh, spent on the albums would be would be five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. There's probably you know thousands of grindcore bands that I don't don't know, but you know I I do like 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 extreme noise terror and. Uh, I liked Phobia, but I think they're the guy from Phobia is a scumbag. So, oh boy. Uh, but maybe we don't need to get into all that. I don't know. I mean, I love Napalm Death. They're like my favorite, one of my favorite bands of all time. So, that's cool, man. Um, have you heard? Uh, I don't think. Um, I like Napalm. I actually really like the last Napalm Death record. It was awesome. Last ride. <laughs> it was, yeah, but it was that album was amazing. Yeah, I love that record. Um trying to think um there was a band there was one grindcore band that I oh, cloud rat have you listened to the last cloud rat album no i don't know that at all. uh get that threshold i'm writing that down <laughs> cloud rats from here i think and um threshold Great. was Great like name. number seven on my list oh wow okay. they're grind but they they added more color to their music mm. yeah. you know what i mean it's not just straight at you i gotta be in the it's like it's a mood thing for me it's like it's like what why would i even listen to magruder grind like i don't know i Mm. just kind of in the mood for something that kicks me in the ass but yeah jeff please listen to cloud red i think that's a tremendous record i'll check that out good yeah yeah yeah. number i think it was number seven on my list last year okay none of the other metalheads have listened to it (laughs) george and george likes grind so he said he was going to give it a, a shot, but I haven't I haven't heard anything about it. But tremendous, and they are phenomenal live. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they uh, they have a female uh, vocalist, and uh, she's just super animated. I mean, you wouldn't even know with Cloud Red, I don't think, but uh, yeah. um, she's she's great, and the whole band's really great, super animated. Um, Do you keep up with? Uh... Uh, I don't mean to cut you off unless you're... In. No, man, I'm dead. Uh, like, do you ever... Do you keep up with, like, any... You mentioned you came came out of, like, um, hardcore. Do you, mm-hmm. do you keep up with hardcore at all? I haven't. I haven't really. I, I Every once in a while, I'll, I'll dabble in it. I haven't heard anything that's really grabbed me, like, before. And I don't know if it's because my tastes have 
changed or if I just don't like the sound of hardcore as much as I did in the earth crisis, you know, Mm -hmm. snap case, you know, mad ball kind of days, you know? Yeah. The the late nineties were a special time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even metalcore, like I love the band Archangel and they're like one of the first uh, metalcore bands. And um, that early metalcore stuff was fucking good. Mm -hmm. And the newer metalcore is more like, it's like bro metal right. to me, you know, right, but right. again, I have a lot of friends that are in comics that are like, Oh, I listen, to, I really like this band, you know? And, uh, it's like, Oh, that's cool. I'm glad. Well, you know, what's this band? And they tell me, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not really in metalcore, but you know what, since you'd like it so much, I'll give it a listen. And I've never been into any of those bands, but I like that the fact that they're talking maybe about it and they're getting into it. And then I was like, Oh, Maybe you should try this. Have you listened to this? You know, and uh, again, it could be a gateway mm-hmm. to something else. Um, yeah. I feel there's better metal out there, but of course, that's my fucking opinion. You know, right. of course. If you want to listen to this metalcore and you think it's the best thing ever, then that's cool with me. I don't care. Right. But um, I just like that people are kind of finding metal. I find that's true with a lot of uh comic writers because they know i'm into metal and so they'll they'll bring me these metalcore bands and stuff like that that i don't really listen to right. um and they don't realize there's another layer of like extreme metal right. but how would you how are you gonna know unless somebody tells you about it right it's the way it is yeah, yeah for sure oh my god right. i want you to listen to cloud rat now you're gonna fucking love it dude let's do cloud rat <laughs> <laughs> all right I almost had that on my list, but again, like three. I don't even know what song. They're all pretty good. Threshold, though, is the album you want. I like the last uh, few few records, and I love them live. They're from Chicago? I think they're from Chicago, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's it. Threshold. Again, it's it's grind, but it has a lot of layering and it. it has more to it than just that. And that's what I like. Um, I don't know how they're able to do that, but they did it. Those aluminum branches, the color of a dog. Inner controller, lucid yeah. vinyl. I can't tell you what song yeah. I like. Okay. I just like the record. So, so, just hit, so just hit play for a little bit. Maybe. Check it out. Probably, it's probably going to be like spoken word or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds pretty good. Awesome. Fucking drums are great. Yeah. 
Fucking sick breakdown. Yeah. Wow. This is what I like. Drummer's amazing. And the color, the breaks, the way they stop. Here we go. on the next song already <laughs> yeah that's grindcore it's got two minutes there you go that's, but that's, that's long that, you picked a good song because that was all awesome. showcase what i like about it you know thank it's you grind. thank you for that recommendation because that is definitely that wow. has my, num my number for sure and the fucking the whole album is there's not a drop in quality in it i, love I believe the, the I love singer the also i think she drew that as well i think she drew all it. the covers so it's awesome wow. yeah uh, that's wow. one I, I've been meaning to get on vinyl and I haven't done it. I've been, I want to go to a show. I've seen them like me four times. Wow, Usually wow. they're like uh, opening for another band I like. And I'm like, I'm blown away every single time I see this band. So, wow. <laughs> but they're That's under so the radar. I've seen a lot of good reviews for this record, but they're still kind of like under the radar. But um, yeah, if you ever get a chance to catch them live, please do it. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So we're up here. Let's move to your top three. Do you want to talk about, do you want to, which one do you want to start with? Um, that's a good question. Um, let me see. I think I'll start with Sepulchros because it's 2021. Let's go in order. 2021, 2022, 2023. I like that. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Are yep. you ready? I'm going to do it. Awesome. I'm really excited about uh, previewing these bands. This is a Sepulchros from their record, Vazio on Transcending Obscurity Records. This is Hecatomb.
Yeah, no, this record is, uh, it came out in 2021 and, um, it was high on my list for my top 25. It's their first record. They just play this really hypnotic enthralling funeral death doom. It sounds like it was excavated from an ancient tomb for a fallen God inside a cracked core of a savage earth. And I love it. It's just, it's, it's funeral doom, but with this just devastating primeval atmosphere that really pushes that genre into just sinister places that I just don't hear that much in metal. You know, you hear a lot of uh, funeral doom, but what I like about Sepulchros is they're just that they have that that sinister atmosphere uh, mm. to their music that um, that speaks to me. I always like things that are um, I like music that's slow and heavy, mm-hmm. but evil, you know, because there's a lot of doom. Maybe it has sung vocals or um, I don't know. There's something about this band that just uh, takes it to another level for me. So mm-hmm. I got entranced just listening to that song. Yeah, totally. It almost, yeah, I love how it's doom, but you have like definite black metal explosions going on, mm-hmm. but it's wild, man. It's like, and I looked at that cover and I don't know, it may have just been me, but as I was entranced looking at that cover, the cover itself almost looks like it's kind of moving, like with because those images and those mm-hmm. ghosts. And it's like, to create that kind of sound um, with with the tempo changes, but still this feeling of hip being totally engulfed in a hip, hip, hypnotic kind of state is yeah. really un, really unusual. I mean, hypnotic was the word I was going to use too. So hypnotic. Yeah, and it's interesting too because it's a long song, but I don't feel the length because they do no. spend time, but then they they hit the right switch to change at the perfect time i think um but yeah i was surprised uh, that it was over <laughs> at that point <laughs> when i looked up i was shit that's nine minutes so yeah that, i think that's tough to pull off you know when you're you're kind of playing that that same kind of riff and kind of building off that hypnotic energy i really like the beginning too where it's yeah. that guitar and then it kind of builds into this like cascade of guitar yes yeah. And that those plaintive sort of uh, notes at the beginning, that's like a, you know, that's definitely a calling card, sort of a funeral doom. But yeah, yeah. So but I love that beginning. It sounds but, like just very like lonely to me. I don't know. Yeah, but there's something about it that I was going to say, while it, while it sounds like funeral doom, yeah, there's like this lonely, desolate, yeah, evil kind of. Yeah, and it's melodic really at the same time. And too. it's yeah. melodic, and it's yeah. melodic. Yeah, the opening, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're a band that um, hit me right away, you know. And for mm-hmm. their first album, uh, wow. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they what they do next because I feel like they can even add more color and um, wow. just interesting textures. What a first anyway. record! That's that's stunning for her first record wow yeah that one's really stuck with me um because i love doom and funeral doom but there's just yeah. there are a lot of bands that just don't hit for me mm-hmm. somewhat um, derivative some of it can be derivative um formulaic or something i don't know 
the other thing I would say yeah. too about Supple Cross, that the vocalist is unique. Like mm. there's different things going on. Like there's different timbres in his voice that are really memorable. Like I wouldn't, like I love obviously a lot of, you know, vo uh, vocals like that, death kind of vocals like that. Yeah. But there's something unique with how he's, the only thing that comes to mind to me is is Leviathan. Mm, the, interesting. Okay. The, the way he can manip way he can modulate his voice is mm. really freaking cool. Like on a record like Scar Sighted, which is yeah. a phenomenal. Um, that's the only vocalist though that I can really compare to this guy. I think he's tremendously skilled with what mm. he's doing in a way that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. The band, I mean, Sepulchros are just able to layer their music in a way that um, even though, you know, you might be set on one kind of melody or um, tempo for a little bit, you know, one guitar part, there's something about it that just really gets you into it. As opposed to, I mean, a lot of people like this band, but like Bell Witch doesn't do it for me because they just don't i'm wearing their shirt <laughs> I, yeah Wait, are you really yeah, yeah that last their, their mirror reaper man. Mirror. the shit out of me and the new album is like what and and this is like a sharp all right, man. contrast all right man we're throwing down <laughs> oh my god you listen I, to this and it's just it's like wow i love i love this. Do this i love this but i love bellwitch because i think bellwitch to me is just total effing tragedy it is the saddest i agree with music. the tragedy part and it's it's a tragedy because it's bad right? <laughs> I, I think they just i love bill oh i mean he, i think mirror reapers probably mirror, mirror reapers in there for me is one of the best this is why i want you guys to listen to Oramat that i mentioned <laughs> okay. earlier yeah. and um another superior album to the pelwich album <laughs> hellish form the new hellish form deathless yeah, yeah, you sent that. I gotta check uh, that out. Yeah. I, I'm writing writing that down. Phenomenal. Those are those are phenomenal, like Doom Funeral Doom records. Bellwitch is mm. kind of aimless. <laughs> great live, great live band, Bellwitch. Oh really. God, no, no, completely disagree. I mean, I've seen them live. I fell asleep. One of the most <laughs> brutally boring bands I've ever seen in my life. And then this new album just completely solidified that for me. So. Yeah, really bad. I mean, they don't use a guitar, so right. He's using a six-string six string bass. Absolutely yeah. huge mistake. They but, added. Or, they have added some um, organ or um, keys. Yeah, it doesn't there. help. Yeah, um, <laughs> obviously. But listen, you know, you got the shirt. A lot of people like the band. It's. I love. Me. I love. I don't know. I love, puts me love, to sleep every time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Totally respect that. Yeah, no, they're one. Of, I absolutely love them, and uh, I love them too. The thing of it is, such like, an amazing band. But, and I, yeah, I can I dig a drone, you know, like the song that we just listened to is very hypnotic, but I just, there's more going on underneath that I, that I like that allows me to, to stay with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that same thing with Bellwitch. Mm -hmm. Not to pick on them, but. There's a lot of negative space in Bellwitch. There's like an empty space. Yeah. yeah. I just wish their songs were longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because instead of like 700 albums, I could listen to just one album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. That's cool. Right. It's a, but to be honest, though, 
I kind of want to try to go back to it. I don't think I'm going to be successful, but I always like to give a band another shot because um, I, I liked Bell Witch in the past more. And um, oh, like, just, they've like fa- lost four, fan- four phantoms. Yeah. Like, they just kind of lost me a little bit with their, with their sound. It just meanders a bit too much for me, but I feel like in order to, in order to completely assess them, I've got to listen to it a couple times or at least preview it. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what? where should we go next? Well, like I said, we got to go 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. and then 23. So we got to go with Falls of Roros next. All right. This, this album was my album of the year for 2022 wow wow so and we're gonna wow. it's from key to a vanishing future on eisenwald records and um the song is called desert of heart and um, so i'll talk about it later after we listen to it
Marcusson. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's, it's fucking blown away every time I hear it. So, like I said, this was uh, my album of the year for 2022, and it was number four on the Metalheads uh, combined mm. top 25. And I think it's because I'm the one who pushed it because mm. um, I just loved it so much. Um, so I had to include it here on the Endless Metal Podcast. Yes. Um, but yeah, Falls of Roars is a band that just seems to fly under the radar every release, even though I think they're one of the very best progressive atmospheric black metal bands in the world i was looking at the ba- their background like they're not are they they're from are they from maine or something yeah, yeah and they're they are. not are I, they I, even on a label like i saw yeah. that they were from portland and i automatically assumed that they were from oregon but i was wrong yeah this is on eisenwald records which I, is a great, a great level yeah okay mm-hmm. eisenwald right uh, yeah i don't know if that familiar i gotta listen to what this is spectacular musicianship and it's yeah and it's yeah. it's also super hypnotic and, and heavy and but so many changes in it i mean so many changes yeah. the flute and I, I will say they nailed it with the flute the melodic I mean, <laughs> the flute nailed it oh, what do you think? i don't think i don't tip i like jethro tall but i'm typically not a flute no, guy they know how to put it in perfectly you know yeah yeah, it's I mean, well every, it's well executed. Yeah. Oh, it's Very beautiful. well executed. Yeah. Every year I post my top twenty-five on my website with descriptions. And um so I thought I might read that if you guys don't mind. Absolutely. Please. Um but i before I do that, I just want to say every song on this album is like seven minutes long. So mm-hmm. it's like the perfect amount of time for each song because you get these variations, this color, this like extra um to the album and um this album is also quite different than their other albums um, i mm. love the last album was also in my top 25 and i think this is the best thing they've ever done but this is what i wrote about it on my website i've long admired fall uh, falls of roros ability to consistently alter their sound while still delivering that post-black sorcery in their music that i connected with from the start But as high as I am on their past efforts, this album takes the band's alchemy to a whole new stratosphere. Key to a Vanishing Future is an astonishing record. It's a soaring stab wound of stark and beautiful emotion that I just haven't stopped spinning since I first heard it. The greatest compliment I can give this album is that every time I listen, I travel to the places it conjures. When I play Key to a Vanishing Future, I feel the desolate snowscapes crumbling beneath my boots. I hear the old wind whistling across the tundra like untethered spirits searching for a place to belong. I picture myself walking toward moonlit woods where the dead pines creak and sway as the gusts pick up and the sky starts to darken like drying blood. I imagine myself touching an ice-covered branch at the forest's edge, and I hear the gentle thoom of distant thunder in the lands beyond the trees. I step forward slowly and vanish into the thicket, hoping never to return. Mm. 
So yeah. there's very few albums that, that get me to write like that. Yeah. I feel every song, every song on this album um, speaks to that. Yeah. Well, see, well said. Yeah, well, written. really well said. It was poetic. Thank you, boys. Yeah, man. Have you seen them live? No. I don't I don't know if they've ever come here to be honest with you. They mm. maybe. Um but yeah, we it's, uh, it's to, on the top of my list. We might have to go there. Road trip to Portland. Trip Portland, to Maine, Maine is yeah. awesome. I love I've Portland, Maine. Never been. I'm, I'm from New England. The album came out last year. I don't think they toured here. I don't, you know, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, but I yeah, I would see him in a blink because like I said, this album, my favorite, the last album, I, I believe it was in the top 10, uh, which is also a great record. But this, this is, um, you know, it. there's albums that like speak to your soul, I guess. Yeah. You know, that you just connect with it. You feel, um, hey, that's me in musical form. And uh, uh, Falls of Roars is one of those, this, this particular record, this. Yeah. Um, key to a vanishing future is uh, is right up there. Awesome. I'm kind of speechless on this one too because it's wow. I it's mean, a bad thing to be on a podcast, Ben. Yeah, it's a very bad thing because you know, I mean, <laughs> sc- sc- Scandinavian black metal. I mean, there's so many great Frozen Tundra records, you know, like of of course, Enslaves Frost. One of my all time record, immortal. Yeah, like, but I can't. This is different. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying it's better than those because those are some of my favorite albums ever. But this is different. There, there's storytelling going on here. That's more. It's. But it's also. It is sinister, as you write. I. It. It has that sinister looming thing, but it's also warming and like there's a hearth, kind of glowing in there you know in in it's a story this they're telling a story yeah you know? it's it has that bleakness but also an optimism in it mm. that um it's always a hard thing to balance really with these kind hard. of black metal records and that's how they manage it that's it that's it it's it's almost impossible balancing act that they pull off there because it is it's because you can go into cheesy nonsense pretty quick Mm-hmm. And they and they don't because they're so. Here's the thing I think about this band. They're so tasteful as musicians. They they're accomplished musicians, but they are so tasteful. They're at, the solos were perfect. There was yeah. nothing mm-hmm. extra. The tone fit. It was cold, but it was also fiery and yeah, it, it, yeah. incredibly and incredibly tasteful stuff. It's like that throughout the like I said, all the songs are like seven minutes and it's like the perfect time because you know you could do a four minute song but you're not going to be able to get those solos in you're not going to get those emotional bits that that, yeah. that, that, that pause that they do yeah and they're able to capture that in each song it's like they there's no fat on it you know what I mean mm-hmm. they give you everything you want in each song perfectly yeah. and I can't wait know. to listen to the whole record yeah let me know what you think I definitely will I definitely will all right, so that brings us to funerals. Yes, funerals. Let the earth be wow. silent on Prophecy Productions. Um, we're going to be doing uh, the song for Horror Eats the Light. And um, this is a new album this year. So I'm guessing 
<laughs> because it's <laughs> part of this podcast. It's going to be in my uh, top few albums. Um, I again, I will say more about it after we uh, we listen to this track. Let's do it.
Oh. I can't Oof. believe that's. I can't believe that's. That was seven minutes. I, I was mean, just like, gonna say that I could have listened to that crap. another hour. <laughs> holy cow! That was so entrancing. Well, the album's forty minutes. So you can almost get there. <laughs> I'll be by in a second. I mean, yeah. I, wow. This band, it's like their music is kind of like what I it kind of encompasses who I am, how I move through the world, how I feel. Um, I just, I don't know how to describe it. It just kind of encompasses everything I like in musical form. So this was my album of the month for February on the Metalheads podcast. And I play it almost every night. It's really good at nighttime when you're all alone. I think we have an endless metal exclusive here. Marcus on mm. is revealing his number one from 2023. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's up there for sure. It's, it, it's probably going to be in the top five. I, I, to be honest with you, for, so for that you is to, sort of for, a reveal for you to say that this music encompasses who I am. Help, help us to understand you know how you go through life and you feel there's like a rhythm to you mm. you know there's a way that you move through the world and how you view it and um so there's a lot of music that i like but when i listen to this it feels like it's almost me in musical form i don't know how to describe mm. that but mm. that's how i feel when i listen to this band and in funerals is they've been around for a handful of years right. and they've, they've actually been one of my favorite bands, but the thing of it is, is that their past releases were not metal albums. Mm -hmm. They had a chilling atmospheric gloom sound that you hear in the, in this song. Um, but it was more like hypnotic shoegaze mixed with a, like an ethereal drone sound. Mm -hmm. But with each subsequent release, they've gotten heavier and moodier. So there was this sort of specter of metal hanging over them. But with this album, I feel, well, I know they finally went over to the dark side by adding that heavy guitar sound that they've never had mm -hmm. that makes them metal. And the atmosphere they create on this album, Let the Earth Be Silent, is just spine-chilling and hypnotic. It's the most haunting most ritualistic doom i think i've heard hmm. and um i the thing about this band that i find really fascinating is they broke bad for metal because we usually see the complete the opposite, opposite happen right, we see right. heavy bands try new things like we've mm -hmm. been talking about earlier and they move away from that heaviness of their first initial releases to incorporate mm. other sounds and mm. some bands decide to go more commercial um like mastodon like we've been talking about and that's right. fine there's nothing wrong with that right. but this band this is rare a band that goes in the complete opposite direction com very refreshing to me mm. i've already liked this band but the, for them to move into my preferred style of music to metal <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like that's almost like when I talked about my journey into metal. Yeah. And I had talked about how everybody pretty much comes to metal. No one really listens to metal out of the gate. It's something else. And then you move into metal. 
And it's the same thing for this band. You know, I think there's something that they recognize in their sound. Um, this haunting, hypnotic, I don't want to call it bleak, because I, I don't think of it as bleak, but, I, but you know, like his desolate sound. Melancholy. Melancholy, you know. Um, and then they add the guitars to make it metal. Like, it's definitely yeah. new metal. Like, the whole album is that. I haven't seen it. I can't remember a band that's done that, that's gone from a different style into metal. And I really appreciate that. I've already loved the band, and now I love them even more because they put this record out, and I hope they continue that direction. But, um, yeah, I love it. It's it's like my nighttime soundtrack. Yeah. I could totally listen to this record, like, as the soundtrack to my life. Like, being in here working, I could have that on, and I could totally have it on, like, for for going to bed, you know, for peacefully – drifting off into into dark into darkness (laughs) it's like you're falling into darkness but almost a good darkness i don't know how to describe it it's very strange but um yeah but yeah and i um originally i had this because i i sent you guys six records and it was like i don't know number four or something i had to move it up even though it's a newer record because it just evokes such emotion in me like an emotional response but also I do, the fact i have one memory marcus on like on facebook i think you posted you're like i'm here in my room like with my jaw on the ground or something <laughs> like you were just I did post about this record you were just stunned and i was like yeah. this must be a really insane record for i mean given how much music you listen to. I mean, you posted that. Um, I mean, the music that evokes an emotional response to me is always my favorite. Yeah. So. Emotions um, is everything, man. Like that's to me too. That's everything like for metal, for, for, for life, mm-hmm. for I, art, art, life, blur it all together. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's emotions. It's like you yeah. said, it's like a life worth living, you know, and, how, how, how can you how can it be worth living if there isn't that depth yeah. of emotion and um so that's why i chose these three particular records because uh i mean one of them was my number one i don't know what's going to happen with funerals um sepulchros was very high on my list but it wasn't number one right but it doesn't matter i st- it's one that i've come back to over and over again because uh, of the way it kind of makes me feel or the headspace it puts me in yeah and um so yeah i'm just really ecstatic for funerals and the fact that they've moved into metal because i would have bought their record regardless but the fact that i can actually talk about it on a metal podcast like endless metal or metalheads podcast which i have talked about it and i'm sure i will again when we do when we do our top 25 at mid-year because it's it's a shoe in for that of course but yeah it's um I've never heard anything like that. I, I listen to a lot of atmospheric yeah, I know. metal. Yeah. We, we listen to Sepulchros. It's right. not and we, like but, funerals. But the, but we also, all of us also love dark ambient music. Exactly. I'm very yeah. much into ambient music. Yeah, I know you, yeah, but this is, un, this is unique. Like, I can't put it into words. That's why I love it so much. There's, there's Me too. overwhelming about it. There is, and it does, nothing sounds like it. And the thing of it is that I want I wanted it to be in the top three because i just don't think people are going to know about it again because it's a band that was not metal they've moved into metal clearly that's metal 
Um, but people might not know about that. They might not have even known about the band before because it's not like they were a huge band. So, um, but for me, you know, especially as a Doom fan, this is this is like the best of both worlds. A band I already adored moves in. I've never heard anything like this. This is this is like ambient doom gaze, or I don't know what you. I've never heard anything like this. It's like they distilled emotion into into musical form, and I don't. Yeah, a lot of bands can capture a good emotion, but I feel like they just like we'll grab that and we'll make it music. It was holy. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. We got to get them on this podcast. <laughs> They, they don't. They haven't done a lot of interviews, but maybe they will. Help me to understand, like, how is this music even possible? Like, what's yeah. the process? Like, and then as you said, like, I think "Wounded" was a. I, I, I heard a song. Wounds. From, Wounds. Wounds is, yeah. Yeah. yeah listen, before. I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to there because it's all terrific. But it, but I've it's listened to metal. some of that. But yeah, it's right. Not metal. I really liked it. But this, but this is is such a massive um embrace of of heavy music it is in a, st- a stunning fashion it is there is some of what of a theme there and you're well you didn't you ended up putting blue blue nothing down but worm you know as you said like their first record totally underwhelming and then boom boom and then but you like funerals but you were not expecting this no, and it, you know this is more in the vein of like Sepulchre. Although Sepulchre is a completely different band from this, but um, yeah, yeah. What my original goal when I had a worm in there is like let's put a little death in there, you know? Yeah, because we've got some black metal, progressive black metal. We've got uh, funeral, just just like this atmospheric doom bomb, and then you know, but I had to switch out blue nothing because just because I. I feel like people should know about funerals a little, a little bit more. Although mm. I love Worm, and I get to talk about them anyway, so <laughs> right, it works out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be a dream collaboration. I was thinking mm. funerals and Emma Ruth Rundle. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they already have a good singer, but maybe they don't need her. Maybe it would be funerals and that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no. know. I don't want to want to ruin. I, I, I see a lot of bands. They've created something very special. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that any other band would add to it. Yeah. That's true. They have this sound, this ethereal. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like nothing like. I've never ha- heard anything like haunting, it. Haunting, haunting beauty. Yeah. Haunting, um, eth- haunting ethereal beauty. Yeah, they don't need a collaboration. Uh, I love the Emma Ruth Rundle Zalkamat collaboration. She's, that was perfect. But She's unbelievable. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually get, I'm getting texted like crazy here. I have to give my daughter a ride. Um, but man, or Taylor Swift? No, <laughs> she's going you can to at see least this. listen to Taylor Swift in the car. She's going to see Spider Man: The Multiverse. Uh, yeah, yeah, into the yeah. multiverse. Yeah, into the multiverse. It's on the big screen. Um, but, man, uh, I can't thank you enough for for being on the cast with us, and this has been phenomenal and gosh i hope i hope some someday you can come back on and we can we can do something like this again i mean we could yeah. potentially we could have you on like every month or <laughs> yeah, i'll come on anytime anytime you guys want me to come on this is really fun i enjoy talking to you guys thanks for having me on first of all i really appreciate that so yeah you want me to come on i'm happy to do it 
Of course. That's awesome, yeah. man. Truly, thank you. And uh, it, it's just, it's great to talk to you. I mean, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. It's been a great, it's been a great day. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, man, it's awesome to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. It's, uh, absolutely. And thanks for sharing these records because I, I was not familiar with them. And I feel like it's a gift uh, that oh, you've, given, you've given to me. So That's very thank cool. You. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? You know, yeah. it's the metal community, you know, sharing things. You know, that's how I came to metal. And I talked about that oh, today and, and, and how I got into it. You Because know, people along the way gave me records. And uh, yeah. that's still the case. You know, and, so. and and from what I hear, the uh, the new Bell Witch is going to have a shit ton of saxophone on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, wait, you're telling me Bell Witch is going to get worse? I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's I, possible. I heard they're going Sorry, for Bell Witch. I heard they're going for a 24 hour record. Oh it's going to be like 15 you, albums. Well, you understand <laughs> that all, Bell Witch album, one song. The Bell Witch album that came out is only part one. Uh, yeah, no, they're doing three don't parts. Know. There's three. Parts. three? Yes, yeah. it's each phase of the day. It's like a phase. I don't know. Dil- Dylan Desmond and I. I'm glad you guys dig it. I think I think the bands I gave you today are a lot better. But you're talking you're talking to fans of Mersbow. <laughs> like we like we love noise. Like we love shit that you know. Genuinely, it's not surprising that people would say, yeah. "Turn this fucking." Rat. people a lot of people love bell witch and that's great i I just i i I don't know just really hard for me to get into it i will give it another chance please give it for mid-year but uh, do this go on youtube and do mirror reaper with the movie they made profound lore they made a movie to go along with it it's stunning man it goes together watch just give it a try and i want to hear back i want to hear back after you watch the movie with mirror reaper or just don't you don't have to. Or, yeah, or, right. or just say right. you did. And then right. my, I'm revealing my shtick again, Jeff. I like a lot of mirror I, like, I want people to listen to the things I love so much. Uh, my oh, heart man. is crushed when they hit <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is weird, oh, though, man. to think about it. Like, we like similar type music, but then... You know, There's some differences. Completely crossover. Yeah, know? like a ter- eternal champion never really did it for me. I never did okay. it for me either. I thought you were into them. I, no? like, I, I like them. What was the band you like? You like them? What was the? No, forget it. <laughs> another time. Another time. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Megaton Sword. That 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 I think Megaton. That's a lot Sword. better than. Uh... I think you guys have like Megaton Sword on your list. I was checking in on a Friday. And there was a black metal band on there. And I said that I like that band better. And you and George ganged up on me. It's like, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Megaton Sword, nope. Not even I, like, I like traditional metal. The new Megaton Sword's good, but my favorite traditional metal album is Gatekeeper. Mm. And the album's called From Western Shores. That That is my, probably going to be my trad metal album of the year. It, it trad metal. edges yeah. out. Uh, Writing that down. Megaton it sword. It's a, it's um, it's a fantasy epic with this. Jeff, you want that? Write that down. You lo- you down. like that kind of stuff, Jeff? Right, writing it down. Both. Of yeah, us it's like um, good, like excellent and trad metal. I want to hear. I don't. It blows a megaton sword away, and I like megaton sword. Wow. You um, it's fantasy epic with just varied, folky parts, blistering solos. I absolutely love the vocalist on there. His name's Eric Adam. 
And he has this really powerful mid-range voice, but then there's a few select times in the album where he goes fucking King Diamond high. Awesome. And it kind of sounds like fucking... He just beast. saw Merciful Fate not that long ago, right? Yeah, that was in the in like November. Yeah, but it was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it kind of sounds Diamond. like it kind of sounds like a Beastmaster. If you remember that movie, <laughs> summoning his hawk for battle. What? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's fucking awesome. It's like Gatekeeper. I can't stop listening to this record. It's it is phenomenally it. good. If you like trad metal, dude, uh, absolutely. I almost Love had it. it in my top three. This is like this close. Wow. Of course. Wow. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you again, Marcus. On thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. All right, Jeff. All right. Have a good night, guys. Take care, guys. Bye, friend. The Endless Metal Podcast.